Welcome to the Retro Renegades Pop Culture Power Hour. Now sit back, relax, and rewind your mind. Reminisce with friends you didn't even know you had. And if you weren't there, then this is news to you. Hey there, what's up, and welcome to another uh, episode of the Retro Renegades Pop Culture Power Hour. I am Mikey. I'm Corey. And, uh, you know, we're going to do something a little different today, I think. It could be a little memoriam. Yeah, we're going to do, we're gonna do some uh, memorials, because just in this last week, we've, we've lost a lot of musicians. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I know some of them, you know, we, we don't really know a lot about, but we enjoy their work. Like, you know, there, there were... Uh, a couple guys from Cinderella passed away. Um, the lead singer of Metal Church, uh, Mike Ho, passed away. But there have been some very notable deaths recently. And it kind of, I think, got us to thinking about maybe musicians that we enjoyed or that influenced us, that had an impact on our lives that, that are no longer here. So we think we'll just talk about maybe uh, a couple guys that we enjoyed that just like within this last week or so passed away. Yeah. Um, you know, and I know, you know, you know more about, uh, Slipknot than I do. Now we lost Joey Jordanson, so, the, yeah, the original, the former drummer of Slipknot. Well, and he was a founding member yeah. uh, of Slipknot. Um, now I realize that Slipknot, while I don't know a lot about them, I don't dislike their music. If, if a Slipknot song comes on, I do enjoy it. I just couldn't tell you for the. They had, they had a, they still do have a very, um, what is the word? Uh, different sound. They, they brought were, that yeah. instead of that that uh, one, two, three, four, one and two and three and four beat. They brought that that there was that six time beat. Yeah. And, you know that one and two and three and four and five six. They yeah. they brought that in to more of a to the metal scene. Right, and and I know you know they they they've made a mark because of their their theatrics and their, their, yeah, their masks, masks and, and you know the hitting of you know they 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 use baseball bats on kegs and right. fifty gallon drums and they had you know like what thirteen members yeah they, yeah and they and two drummers yeah with with Joey being one of them um, they they like I said they've really made their mark and. They're still doing different stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I enjoy Slipknot. I'm not, I, I'm not going to say a huge, huge fan, but I am a fan of Slipknot. I, mean, I know we've got friends that were very big, very influenced on, on the way Slipknot is. And like um, um, Pe- um, Peck. Oh, yeah. yeah. He, he I, when I was reading his Facebook, you know, he, I didn't realize how much of an influence Slipknot and Joey Jordanson was for right. him just as a musician. Right. Um, but I mean, these guys, like I said, they were very, um, innovative, innovative, innovative. Thank you. Innovative. That's the word I was looking for. Right. Um, they were very innovative on their sound and their look, you know, and they, you know, they're, they're kind of not local, but they're Midwestern, you know, they're, they're big, they're, they're from Des Moines, Iowa, which is two hours away. Right and yeah, so they're, they're kind of hometown boys. Yeah, for us. and I know they they had to have played you know Omaha, you know in the surrounding areas before they hit it big. Oh yeah, definitely. Before you know before they went out to California, 
Um, but those guys, I mean, they've got, we've got Knot Fest that they bring here every year. Uh-huh. And I know that that's a, got a huge following. Faith and War playing Knot Fest this year, if they still have it. They, from what I was told in Columbus, Ohio, they're doing Knot Fest. And Faith No More, Anthrax. Yep. A um, bunch of old school bands are supposed to be playing that. That's going to be a blast. And I would love to go to that. My kids, their grandfather is talking about taking them out to that. Oh, wow. And I'm like, dude, I'd love to go to that. But that's... <laughs> I don't, ha- you know, I don't have the extra money because I've got kids. Right, and, right. You know, the, their grandfather wants to take them go see these bands. You know, I'm all for it. But I know, like, like my kid, my oldest, they they played Rocklahoma. Oh yeah, yeah. And I think Slipknot played that, and um, another band we'll talk about later, Gore played that with um, without without Brocky, and. <laughs> I can't, he wasn't big, you know, very impressive core. Just, it's a different, you know, they're, they've, they've got a select group of fans. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, but, like, going back to Slipknot, you know, Slipknot, they've been around since 1999. At least that's when their first album came out. Mm-hmm. You know, so for the last, what, 22 years? Right. They've just been just annihilating the scene of metal. I mean, they're one of the guys who helped bring metal back. Along with, you know, another band we'll talk about, Pantera, mm-hmm. you know, Dimebag after his death. You know, between Slipknot and Pantera and White Zombie and Rob Zombie, you know, if it wasn't for a lot of these bands coming back and just bringing metal to what it is now, I think we'd still be in this, I don't know, I don't even want to call it, like grunge phase or a... Uh, I don't know, like a softer rock. Yeah. Yeah. A softer rock phase. But you got to look at these, these old school, even new school metal, metal gods, if you want to call them. They, they help bring in that new, almost like a new thrash. Yeah. Almost like a, a new genre. Yeah. Of music. I mean, I'm not a music snob by any means, but you know, I've got guys who say, okay, well this band is this, and this band is this kind of metal. Or this band is this kind of metal. Yeah, I, I don't care if it's good music. It's it, good yeah, because we, I mean, we fucking we listen to fucking everything. Oh yeah, you know, I listen to old Motown. Yeah, and, and you know, all kinds of stuff. I mean, I listen to everything from like Slipknot, Metallica, Pantera, you know, Suicidal to fucking Wailing. Oh yeah, yeah, the Outlaw Country and all yeah. that. Well, Joey was also the guitar player for Murder Dolls. He also played. And, he also played one tour or a couple shows for Metallica. Yeah, when, yeah. When uh, and I didn't know this until just recently. Lars went MIA. He well, he couldn't play. Yeah. So Joey played, settled, you know, played for him, which I would imagine that was just insane. Well, he also he played in Rob Zombie's band. Yeah. Uh, with with John Five, my favorite guitar player in the world. I uh, he played with Corn. Yep. He played with Ministry. Uh, Otep. I mean he. He did a lot of work with a lot of people. Um, I think, did we see Scar the Martyr? I think so. I think they opened for Guar once. He played with them. So, there's yeah, just... Yeah, because he was... Because people were yelling at him and booing him because he left Slipknot. Yes. And he didn't even... He wouldn't look at the crowd, nothing. He got off stage and he had his head down. That's when he was still kind of heavy set because he said... And I'll just read an article about him. He left Slipknot because he just... He couldn't play anymore. 
it was just it wasn't about the music. It was more it became a job for him, and he wanted to do it because he enjoyed it. Right. And you know, he started. He said he started working out again, got back in shape, and I mean, the guy he had to have been in pretty good shape because if he was playing drums for all these years still, you know, getting into it and just you know found himself again. Which, yeah, and it, I think it was working with these other bands yeah. that kind of helped him. I, he also did a lot of, of remixing of songs for people. Yeah. Um, he worked with Marilyn Manson uh, doing some remixes, like on uh, the Fight song. He worked on Tainted Love and appeared in music video, actually, with Manson. Oh, no yeah, because that was about the same time. Yeah. They all, these guys all popped in the scene. And then uh, he, he worked with, uh, with uh, Pussifer. Which is uh, uh, Maynard Maynard James Keenan's yep. other band for, uh, from Tool, so he, he worked with them. One of his three or four bands he's oh, got. Oh yeah, he's he's got a bunch of them. Um, then you know, then, then he recorded with Rob Zombie. I think he did a tour with Rob Zombie and and all that. And it just uh, you know he he left a big mark on, on music. Yeah, the guy he was a he, the guy was a genius. Just I mean, just from the stuff I've read recently, but I mean, just playing the drums. I mean. There's not a lot of drummers out there that can sit with him. No. No, he, he I, I had would, his own I would, unique style. I would say maybe Vinnie Paul in his prime. Right. When he was back in his 30s or even like in his late 20s. Yeah. You know, when they did Cowboys from Hell and, you know, Vulgar Sway of Power. Those two would have probably been neck and neck. Probably. I mean, because they were up there. I mean, they, I mean you got guys, you got... You got guys that'll say that Neil Pert. Oh, Neil Pert was amazing. Neil Pert's amazing, but I mean, me personally, do I think he was the best drummer around? No. He had the biggest drum kit I've he ever had seen the, in my he life. He had the largest drum kit imaginable. Yes. I mean, the guy he if, if the guy was an octopus, he would have probably well, I, he might have been part octopus, but he wasn't the. I don't think he was the greatest drummer. No, but when when I saw I saw Rush on their their farewell tour. And Did they just have one farewell tour, or were they like? No, they, were they like one Kiss. Were Kiss is now doing their their final World's End tour? Yeah, no, or they, whatever it is. They had Rush had one and done, and then when Neil Peart passed away, they said we're done. Yeah. Well, they, it's like like Led Zeppelin. Yeah, they were done, and um, John Bonham passed away when seventy nine or eighty. Yeah, they, they they played with his kid for uh, some reunion shows. Yeah, but Jason Bonham's a hell of a drummer. He's a great drummer. But with uh, with uh, uh, Joey, he he had well. I'm talking about Neil Peart. Yeah. Uh, Neil Peart. He had the, the the biggest drum set I've ever seen in my life. And I think he had the biggest drum set in the world. I paid attention to what he did with it. There were some drums and some instruments he used. He hit it three times during one song, and that's all he ever touched it. Yep. But it had to be there because he needed it for that one song. He had like gigantic wind chimes behind him, like huge pipes. He had gongs. He had, and everything. He had two different sized gongs. He had all this shit, and he might only all hit... this to play Tom Sawyer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Some of it. I mean, some of it was like like the the big pipes that was for Tom Sawyer. Yeah, or that was for Closer to the Heart, or that. We, but he only used it in one song, and but he, he might have had to have had to have the damn thing. I mean, he brought everything with him. I would have hated to be his drum tech. Oh God. That would have been a nightmare because I couldn't see any room for anything else. 
If there was open space on his drum set, there was a drum there. They brought a crane in just to bring Neil Peart down to the cage. Yeah, they lowered him in. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, but you, like, you look at, like, Joey, Joey's, when he played for Slipknot, you see, like, there's a, a lot of uh, Motley Crue, Tommy Lee influence on his kit. Yes. I mean, even, like, with the stage performance, because, like, he, he would spin around like Tommy would do. He, and he, he flipped he up on the wall. Flipped or, up in the meal. Yeah. Like, Stop. It was a huge pentagram. Yep. Um. But yeah, there's a lot of. I I'd, I'd say without actually reading and knowing, I'd say he was a big Tommy Lee fan, at least Motley Crue fan. Well, he he cited uh, Keith Moon from the Who, uh, John Bonham, mm-hmm. uh, Buddy Rich as his main influences. But he did grow up listening to uh, Shout at the Devil and Too Fast for Love. Yep, like and the rest of us. Like yeah, like all of us. I still listen to that shit, dude. I love this fucking Too Fast for Love album. And he uh, just he, he said Lars was a big influence on him from Metallica. Uh, Charlie, because, fuck yeah! Because Lars back in his fucking heyday, oh, he the was guy a he monster. can't keep time for shit now, right? Because he's fucking, he's probably you know shaky from playing drums for fucking years like that. Well, he probably had some hearing loss, and yeah. yeah. Um, <coughs> but yeah, I mean, fucking Justice album, yeah, Ride the Lightning. Oh yeah, dude. Just I mean, even in um um um, what's the song? Um, ah. Uh, Master of Puppets? No, there's another one. Even Battery. Battery's fucking just quick as shit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's one, um, I think it's on Ride the Lightning. I can't remember which off the top of my head right now. I have to look. But it is just fucking just... Yeah. I mean, they had... I remember at a time with Lars, they had to actually bolt his fucking kit down. Because he'd fucking hit it. So he would knock it over. Yep. I, yeah, I remember that. Well, he says Lars is a big influence. Charlie Benet from Anthrax. Oh, yeah. And Dave Lombardo from Slayer. Yep. Huge influences on it. So, I mean, you can you can see, you know, he kind of took... Fight fire with fire. Oh, <laughs> that's okay. A fucking, that's the song. Um. <laughs> that came out of nowhere. Yeah, it, it, it just hit me, dude. So, he took the, like, you know, the best of the best that he had, that he was exposed to, and he made his own style. He did. And he that's did. pretty cool. And then... He took that to a band, and they made their own style. So, yeah, I mean, while I don't, I'm not that familiar with the music. I know the music. He I've probably, he probably, that. he probably yeah. took drum percussions in school, and oh yeah, you know, or drum, um, whatever the hell it's called when you class when you learn how to play drums in school or in college or whatever. It's called drum drum class. Drum class. Yeah. I mean, he probably aced that. Yeah. He, yeah, he probably has a degree in, in the drum sciences. Yes. Per- percussion science. Percussion science. I'm, I'm sure. I'll guarantee it. Yeah, I'm sure he does. So, you know, it's, uh, while I, you know, I'm not that familiar, I know they have a rabid fan base. Uh, I know that Slipknot made made their mark on the music scene. They may have influenced a lot of others. When you look scene. at Slipknot now, or then, when they first came out, and you look at Kiss. Yeah. Or even Alice Cooper. Not a lot of difference. Not really at all. I mean, because it's, it's all showmanship. These guys yep. showed up in masks and fucking jumpsuits, prison jumpsuits, and baseball They had numbers, masks. no names. Yeah. Yeah. Because you didn't know their names for years. Years. They were numbers. They were all numbers. You had no clue what they looked like because they were, you never saw official pictures of them out of Mm-mm. masks. Well, they did that one, they did that one video where it was just their mouths or they're just watching them play guitar, their feet. Kiss yep. did the same shit. Yep. Cause and it was it was just that that mysterious. Who the fuck are these guys? We're mm-hmm. gonna find. We're gonna look at them, and we're gonna know that's actually that's 
you know, that's Corey Taylor, that's Joey Jordanson. Right. You know, some of these guys, I still don't know what the fuck they look like. Right. Right. You know, I didn't know fucking Corey Taylor looked like until he came out with Stone Sour. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, this would be fucking cool. This is Corey Taylor. Ah, fuck, Stone Sour sucks. I like Stone Sour. <laughs> I actually do. I was like. expecting thrash, you know. Fucking just hardcore, fucking. Oh no, he's no. he's showing a different, you know, more sensitive side. Sensitive you know? side, sensitive Corey Taylor. You don't need to. But uh, you know, but now that you know, I like I, I like I like Stone Sour now, but back then I didn't because you know my 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 taste in music has matured. Right. As I got older, you know. You, you have matured a lot. <laughs> just in music, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, so would you say you were, you know? A fan of of Slipknot from the beginning. So. Oh yeah. So from the mid nineties yeah, I mean, or so. When I when I first fucking back in ninety nine, when I my buddy, my buddy Ryan back then, um, he showed me this. He said, "Dude, you had to listen to this," and I listened to uh, I think it was Marlon Brando's Eyes, and I was fucking hooked. Nice. And I've got I've had I picked up every Slipknot album since. Oh cool. Even if I didn't care for a lot of the songs, there's still a couple songs on there that I fucking dig. Right. And it's always on my shuffle list. Yeah. Whenever I'm like, working or, you know, doing shit around the house or working out, it's Slipknot's getting played in there somewhere. And, you know, I've got, on, on certain playlists, I've got a couple Slipknot songs on there. But that's the song when it comes on, if I'm working or something and that comes on, I'll be into it and kind of jam into it. Yeah. And I'll be like, well, what the fuck is this? And I do it every time. Mm-hmm. What, what the fuck is this? And I'll look and I'm like, oh, it's Slipknot. Okay, cool. You know, I couldn't tell you if you played... If you played five songs and said one of these is Slipknot, I probably couldn't tell you. If they all yeah. were metal, I probably couldn't tell you. Unless I knew, okay, I know that's not. I know who that is. I know who that is. I don't know who this is. You know? But definitely, I think that they, you know, they, they, they're they a great band. They they made their mark. Big influence on a lot of people. Huge influence on a lot of people. So it, anything else you want to talk about Slipknot? Other than, you know, the, other than I think Joey's going to be missed by a lot of people. I think so too, I, and I don't think he was really in the band. No, he left. The, he left the band yeah. a while ago. Yeah, and I, you know, people say it was a mutual thing, and people say he got fired. And, you know, it, it, I think he just. I think he was just done. Well, he was doing uh, murder doll stuff. So. Yeah, you know, he and that was part of it. He got. It was like a breach of contract or whatever. Oh, that sucks. Because he didn't have permission to do it, but you know, Taylor could do fucking Stone Sour, right? But I, I like murder dolls. Yeah. I, we seen. I mean, like I said, we seen them. I think it was Murder Dolls. I know uh, we we saw um, uh, that uh, Martyr band. Well, yeah, but, uh, but, Scar but, the Martyr. But he was I mean, fucking. I think I think he's going to be very well missed with uh, you know just the musicians, the bands he's played with. Oh, I'm sure and the fans. You know, and, and, you know, as a as a musician and an influence on kids nowadays, or even kids who are starting to play drums. Or grew up listening to him or playing drums down. They were a huge influence on him. Yeah, he's going to be the one that, that, you know, in 20 years when they say, who are your influences, his name will come up. Yeah, like I said, like Billy Peck, you know, he, I didn't realize how big of a Slipknot fan he was. Yeah. And how much Joey... Well, he's a huge Murder Dolls fan. Yeah. Or he, just a Joey Jordanson fan. Yeah, he's a huge Murder Dolls fan. And I believe the Murder Dolls lost two members recently. Oh, really? Know? Yeah. Oh, so sure. that, yeah, that, that kind of stung, you know, I know, I know that, you know, Fans like like Billy were, were really it hit him hard because now I think there are only three members of Murder Dolls yeah. and two of them are gone. So that you know that really that really hit hard. Uh, but yeah, he'll be missed, and I think that he'll be a uh, 
a name that comes up for years. For a long time to that come. he was an influence on yeah. people. So another one that we just, I mean, a few days ago. Uh, well, I mean, the, the next day. Yeah, it was the next day, The very next it? day, yeah. Um, and that's uh, Dusty Hill from ZZ Top. Now, I am a huge ZZ Top fan. I love ZZ Top. I love everything ZZ Top's done. Yes. I'm not a giant ZZ Top fan, but if you play, if you put ZZ Top on the radio or on, in a CD or whatever, played it, and didn't tell me who it was, I could tell you exactly who it was. Oh, yeah. They, they have that sound that is just iconic. Yeah. Uh, they, what's impressive to me about ZZ Top, uh, they formed in 1969. It started as a country band. It, and it was more country. Um, country country blues. Yeah. Um, but for 51 years, there was the same three members. It was, uh, of course, Dusty Hill on bass, uh, Billy Gibbons on guitar, which Billy Gibbons was Jimi Hendrix's favorite guitar player. Really? Yes. Wow. ZZ Top, in the early days, ZZ Top opened for Jimi Hendrix. And they, uh, after Hendrix saw watch Billy Gibbons play, he set it up to where their hotel rooms would be right across the hall from each other, and he would invite him over to his room. And he'd invite, Hendrix oh, no would invite Gibbons over to his room, and they would jam, they would listen to music, and they would say, how, how, how do you do that? So Jimi Hendrix was asking Billy Gibbons for advice on guitar playing. Wow. And he said the reason that he liked his style, reason Hendrix liked his style, is you can hear every single note that he plays. Mm -hmm. It's that... That precise, that clean. And, oh, I bet you he's got some stories, man. Oh yeah, he he. Uh, Billy Gibbons told a story once. I, I I watch a bunch of documentaries on ZZ Top and, and on Billy Gibbons, and Billy Gibbons said that uh, they played a show in Minneapolis, and his thing is after the show, he would just head out on the town, and go check out what's going on overnight. You yeah, know? he'd go find some weird diner that's open all night that had different food and try the you know the local hidden spots you know or he'd go find a, a, a club that had music playing and he'd go check out the local music scene and he said he walked into one club and of course billy gibbons the zz top couldn't hide anywhere no they had that very not uh, after they got the beards yeah when they got the long beards they couldn't hide so Billy Gibbons shows up at this club and security comes up and they said, there's someone that would like to speak to you. And he's like, oh, all right, let's go speak to him. And they took him to a little private booth and Prince was sitting there. Oh, shit. And Prince is like, it's an honor to meet you. I love your work. All this. Prince was one hell of a guitar player. Oh, dude, I love Prince. And that's another one. I mean, that we lost. Oh, yeah. Way too soon. Man. Yeah. And that one hit hard. But he said that he and Prince, they sat and talked, and uh, Prince asked him, he said, how do you do that little riff, at, like, at the beginning of LaGrange? And he goes, oh, I, I don't know. I just do it. I just do it. He goes, I've been doing it so long. I just do it. I don't know what I do. But he goes, but you replicate it every time, that same distinct sound. And he goes, well, i got a question for you. How do you do this, you know, a certain riff in uh uh when doves cry and he goes i i don't know <laughs> i don't know i've been doing it so it's all it's all memory now. so what they did is they went to paisley park they went to prince's studio yeah and all night they jammed and they taught each other 
what they were doing on their songs. They dissected their songs and taught each other how to Holy play. Holy shit. And exchange that information, and exchange that knowledge and that experience. And he said it was one of the best times he ever had. Oh, wow. Just And then he gets back to, you know, his bandmates because they all traveled on separate buses and shit. They, you know, they all got along. Yeah. But they said that's part of the reason they all got along is they were. So they weren't on top of each they other. They weren't on top of each other all the time. And so, I, you know, he gets back to his bandmates you know, the next day or whatever. And they're like, what the hell did you do last night? Because he always had some adventure that he went yeah. on. And he goes, oh, I was just jammed with Prince at Paisley Park. And they're like, <laughs> what the fuck? But Dusty Hill, he he also was a vocalist for yeah. ZZ Top. They... I thought I thought for years that they both sang. They did. Okay. They, yeah, yeah, yeah. Billy Gibbons had his songs. Dusty Hill had his songs, and so he was a vocalist. He was a bass player, and part of the uh, kind of the iconic look and the iconic stage presence that ZZ Top had, especially during the eighties, was Dusty Hill. Yeah. Um, they grew their beards up by accident. They were one of them was clean shaven. And the other one had just a small beard. And they took a break. They they for years they didn't tour. They they created their sound in a studio. Yeah. And the way they created it is they would play a part of it, then they would play a different part and they would layer it. And he in interviews I heard it described as they would play the song and they would play it different three times. Then they would put the tracks on top of each other, and then they would spread them out like a fan to where they were playing their own filler music. Oh, no shit. And that's why they sound so huge. It's only three guys. Well, they couldn't figure out how to re recreate that in a live setting. So they had to work on that. They didn't tour. They didn't do press. They didn't do shit. They just put music out. And people are going nuts, going, who, who, are, these, who are these guys? So they didn't, nobody knew who they were. Then they, when they started playing shows, it was like, oh, there they are. It's, it's these guys. They took a break. It's not like a 10-piece band. It was only three. It's only three of them. But they've had a huge sound. And they took a little break. And in this break, the two front men, not, they didn't coordinate this. They grew their beards out long. And so when they show back up to do their next album, it's like, oh, you grew your beard out too. Oh, this is cool. <laughs> and the ironic thing is the drummer didn't. He only had a mustache. And his last name was Beard. His last name was Beard. So they, they got that iconic look. And then they started into the MTV generation. I think MTV picked them up a lot. Well, it's because they always had cool videos. They had they, girls and they had cars. They had cool cars. They, they had, had the one iconic car. Yeah, that it was like a Ford Coupe. Yeah. Uh, the Eliminator. And with the ZZ keychain. Yeah, and the keychain that always disappeared, but they'd throw it to each other and it disappeared and shit. And their videos, you know, they had the big fuzzy guitars. They would spin their guitars. They did all that shit live. Yep. Um, I, I've, I've seen them many times, and they did everything that they did. Especially when I saw them, like in the in the early '90s, in the mid '90s, uh, they were doing all that stuff still. They they then stopped doing it and just focused on the music after they started getting a little older. Yeah. But they would have the sidewalks that moved, and they would you know they had that whole choreograph thing. It was well, it, it was. I mean, they had they had like they had dancers and oh yeah, they'd come out with with girls all over the stage. And the one, the one tour that I saw they did, they had like a working uh, junkyard on the stage and all these junk cars. It was a recycler tour. 
So they had all these junk cars oh, no on the stage. Shit. The drum set was on the back of a flatbed truck. Um, the guys were playing, and they had a crane that was picking up like cars and putting them in a car crusher constantly. And you know they, they had like a working crane, and so it'd be a car crusher, and then a car, a crushed car, would come across on a conveyor oh, wow. belt in the background. And eventually, it picked up the two guys that were playing guitar, dropped them in the car crusher, and they came out. Just their heads, you know. The drummer played a drum solo, and then pretty soon, just all you see is the, the two guys' heads and the long beards in a little crushed cars. They come out on this conveyor belt, and the girls came over and they like cut them out of the cars, and they were in their purple velvet suits. And they played sharp dressed man. Oh wow! And it was, I mean, their their choreography was amazing. But a big part of the ZZ Top sound was Dusty Hill and his bass. Yeah, and. I saw ZZ Top holds a very special place in my in my heart because growing up, my dad, my dad's always had a very long beard, yep. uh, and it used to his beard is all it's all white now, but it used to be kind of a red color, and you know kind of a, a ruddy brown red. So color. did Dusty Hills, and so did Dusty Hills. And if you look at Dusty Hill when he, you know, I would say you know mid eighties into the nineties. If you look at a picture of Dusty Hill, and if you put sunglasses and a fedora on my dad, Look just like they him. looked identical. Oh, my God. And so my first concert I went to with my dad, I had been to one one big concert before that. I went to Aerosmith and saw the Aerosmith and the Black Crows. I went with my uncle and my cousins. My first concert with my dad was ZZ Top. And so we were at the Omaha Civic Auditorium. We walk up. We get in line. Huge-ass line on the you know, outside. The doors weren't open yet. We get in line, we're standing there, and, you know, my dad had sunglasses on, he had just a, a ball cap, you know, like a, a regular hat on, uh, leather jacket, blue jeans, cowboy boots, and I had on, you know, leather jacket, cowboy boots, and I had long hair at the time. I was like 12 years old or something yeah. like that. And this security guy comes over to us in line, and he says, sir, he grabbed my dad by the arm, he goes, sir, come with me. And he goes... Well, no, he goes, I guess, you know, he, he's, he's with me, too. They go, come with me, both of you, come on. And they took us out of line. They walked us over to the gate, and they opened the gate, and they said, come here. And we're like, what in the hell is going on? And they took us behind the gate, and he goes, You're in, you don't have to go in this door. Your door's over here. And he's taking us to the back, backstage door. <laughs> and my dad goes, wait a minute, wait a minute. He goes, I... Who do you think I am? He goes, I, I think, I don't think... That I'm who you're looking for. And they go, no, we've been looking for you. This is where you go in, sir. And they're like, they, they got my dad by the arm. And they're leading him over there. And now, like, two more security guys have joined us. And they're walking with us and walking us to this door. And we get right to the door. And my dad goes, stop. Because they weren't listening to it. He goes, I'm not who you think I am. And they go, sir, th please just... we." We've been looking for you. Come on. You know? So Dusty Hill's missing. Yeah, Dusty Hill was missing. <laughs> and so they get us to the door, right to the door. And my dad goes, stop. And he reaches in his pocket and he pulls out two tickets. And he goes, we have tickets to this show. Now, I'm not who you think I am. And they go, sir, we, we, we apologize if you say you're not who we're looking for. You know, okay. And they, you could tell they didn't believe him. And they go, we'll take you back over and get you back in line. So they walk us back over to where we were in line. And they go, hey, guys, these two were here. We pulled them out. And they're like, we know. We were, we were here, too. 
You know, because when, when they pulled him out of line, it was like, holy shit. And these people are going ape shit because they, they were telling him how much he looked like ZZ Top. Yeah. And then the security comes and gets us and takes us backstage. And they're like, holy shit. And we're like, yeah, that was something. Had I known then what I know now, I would have told him, shut up. Let's go backstage. Let's go see what's up. Yeah. And let them, if they took us back there, let them throw us out. You know, and then like I tried telling him. Yeah, I tried saying something, and I can hear your dad too because I know he's got his. He talks. He's got that real low voice. Yeah, but his to- his stories go on forever. Yep. And so it, it would have been he would have been talking to the the other two guys at ZZ Top, and be like I tried telling these guys, I'm not Dusty Hill. Look, I, you know, but they would have loved it because they they look like twins. Yeah, you know. They would have loved that shit. And you guys would have probably just ended up, they probably just gave you backstage passes. And yeah, hang out. Yeah, hey, so security brought you back here. Hang out, have some chili. Yeah. You know, because they always had a pot of chili backstage. Oh, no shit. Yeah. That's how they got that extra sound. Yep. Yeah, that, that low end. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but What was that? <laughs> there was also an incident. My dad, you know, people were constantly, as I'm growing up, you know, hey, your dad's ZZ Top. He, you know, and it, it got old after a while, you know, and he took it in stride. You know, yeah. He, he was okay with it, but. Uh, we were down. Which is probably because we didn't, like I said, we didn't know at the time, but our parents, our grandparents knew each other. Yeah. And like I said, I probably, I, I probably Your mom this, knew my, my dad and his yeah. brothers. Yeah. And so I probably said the same thing when I was a little kid and seeing your dad. Probably. Yeah, because they were right across the street yeah. from your grandparents. So there was another incident that happened. We were in Mexico on vacation and I was not with them. Uh, I went out partying in Mexico. We were on a cruise ship. Yeah. And when we hit, I don't even remember where we were, but we hit this town and my mom, my dad, and my uncle, they went out to dinner in this, this nice little restaurant. And I went with a group of people. I went partying. And yeah, imagine that. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> During that time in my life. Yeah. Imagine me finding a group to go partying with. Um, so they were in line. I guess this restaurant, there was a, a big line to get in. It was a very popular restaurant in this town. And the owner of the restaurant came out into the line, grabbed my dad and said, how many are in your party? And there was like a shit ton of people in front of him. Yeah. How many are in your party? And he goes, it's just the three of us. And he goes, please, sir, it, it would be my honor to give you our special table and all this. And they took him into like a... Kind of a, 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 a private area that was kind of set aside from the rest of the restaurant. Yeah. There was like three or four tables back there with nobody sitting there. They took him back there. They seated him. And they're shaking my dad's hand. It, it's a great honor to have you here. This and that. And, and your you know, dad's a very humble guy. So he's probably like, I'm not who you think Yeah. Well, he's, he's going, what, what, what the fuck's going on? You know, because he didn't, he didn't put two and two together. Yeah. What the fuck's going on? And they're like, it's a great honor to have you here, sir. My friend. My friend, this and that, and kept calling him my friend. And what can I get you, my friend? What are you drinking, my friend? And and he's like, fuck, you know, what the hell's going on here? And then they start bringing food over. That they they're like, here's our menus. And then they like bring appetizers. They're like, on the house, on the house. And they brought appetizers to the table. Everybody ordered, and when they ordered, they added to their order. So my mom ordered something, and she said like the plates are coming out, and they like bring like two or three plates to my dad. And they're like, here's your enchiladas. And please try our house specialty. Our chef is very proud. He's created this dish, blah, blah, blah. And dad's like, what the fuck? And they bring his brother all this shit that he didn't order. Enchilada sounds good. And my mom, she ordered like some combo platter. And she said, yeah. She goes, your dad got like three plates. 
She goes, your uncle got like two plates. She goes, it looked like they brought mine on a trash can lid. She goes, this platter was so huge. And they set it down. And then when it came time, you know, that they wanted to leave, they, they had to box up half their food because it was, you know, too much. Yeah. They, they just brought way too much shit. As they boxed up all this food. So they got like two bags of food that they couldn't eat. And my dad said, can we get the, the, the bill, please? And he said, no, 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 friend, no, friend. Your money's no good here, my friend. And my dad's like, you're, you got me confused with somebody else. He said, I, you know, I'm from Nebraska. I'm nobody special. I just came here to get some dinner. And they're like, yes, my friend, yes, my friend. Took pictures with him, all this Holy shit. So shit. in this restaurant, there's, a picture of your there's dad probably somewhere. a picture of my dad. And they're probably, now that Dusty Hill has passed away, they're probably like, look, look who was at, you know, look who was at our restaurant 20 years ago. Holy you know? shit. And they eventually let him pay for what they ordered. All the other shit they gave him. And they walked him back out of the restaurant. Thank you so much, my friend, shaking his hand and all this shit. He walks out and it's like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. Well, then my, my uh, as my dad's hailing a cab, and, you know, my dad likes to get a good deal on things, and he lo- he loves to negotiate. Oh, yeah. Well, when you're in Mexico, you negotiate for everything. So he hails a taxi cab, and he's negotiating uh, a price to get a ride back to the boat. So he's in the, the window of this taxi cab trying to negotiate a price, at which time all these kids come running up to my mom and my uncle, who are standing back, with all these bags of food and they come running up and they're like pawing at the food. Well, these kids are all like street kids are all homeless. And my mom was like, Whoa, Whoa. And she's all kind of freaked out. Cause they're just mobbing her. And my uncle goes, I, I think they want the food. And mom just goes here. And she hands them the food. They grab it. And they take off running. So my, my mom got mugged for, <laughs> for her food while my dad's negotiating his taxi cab. And dad turns around, where the fuck's all the food? That's what he did. He turns around, and as these kids are, there was a, it was like a mob of kids, you know, like like 15, 20 kids. Yeah. And as they're running off, my uncle yells down the alley, now you kids share that, god damn it. (laughs) (laughs) And my dad turns around, he goes, where the hell's our leftovers? She's like, those kids just took them. Holy shit. But yeah, so ZZ Top, really, really, you know, I've got a, a place in my heart for him because... It's almost like the soundtrack of my my youth. Yeah. My dad listened to him a lot. My dad looked like him, so it was always a constant thing. I saw him, I don't know how many times, they always put on a great show. So, yeah, you know, Dusty Hill, he's he's going to be missed. But his, his thing is, he left the tour just about five days before he passed. Yeah. They said he had a hip injury. And he said, do me a favor. The show must go on. Put my guitar tech in. And the guy's name is Elwood. Um, he said, put Elwood in and let him play the, the low end. Let him play the bass. Let him do my part. And he said, okay. So they did it. And apparently it was a phenomenal show. Great. This guy's been with him forever. Yeah. So he knows everything. He knows the shtick. He knows everything about ZZ Top. And he has a big, long beard. So I don't know shit. Yeah, he has this big, bushy beard. So... Five days later, Dusty Hill passes. Well, the band took some time off and they went to see him because they knew that he wasn't doing well. And he told them, 
look, when I'm gone, the show must go on. Give it to Elwood and keep it going. He said, give it to Elwood and take it to the top. Yeah. And so they've got his blessing. They're going to continue. They're, they're playing shows now. They're still on tour. They just played a show without him. Yeah, their first show since his passing. But he's he was with them for 51 years. Yeah. How many bands do you know that 50 years and they have the same three members for 51 years? Other than Led Zeppelin and the and well, Rolling Stones? That's, no, no, no. Ne- neither one of them. Uh, Zeppelin lost Bonham, yeah. and they continued on with Jason. Uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, the Stones, the Stones had uh, uh, Brian uh, Brian Jones. Yeah, he died, and he died. Uh, Bill Wyman left the band. He was their bass player. He left their band. Uh, they had a shit. I don't think anybody. Ronnie Wood left the band for a while. Um, he was he's their uh, rhythm guitar player. So I mean, they had a lot of them that that left and and yeah, changed I around. I can't I can't think of any band that ZZ Top I think was one of the few, other than maybe well not say Metallica, but they've gone Cliff through Burton two. They had Cliff Burton died and Jason Newstead left. Jason Newstead left. They got they have uh, and, Robert uh, now. And, I mean, even Kirk Hammett's not the original guitar player. It was Dave Mustaine. It was Dave Mustaine, yeah. And they fired him because he was a bigger drunk than the rest of them. Right. Yep. And he caused too many problems. Yeah. So, I mean, you could say, you know, ZZ Top, they, they made their mark, obviously, because oh, their, yeah. their music is enduring. You can listen to their first album, it still holds up today. You can listen to later albums, it still sounds good. And they evolved with the time some. They added more electronic type music. Oh, yeah, they and they, keyboards, they, they, they they're, they're each, almost each album's a different sound. Yeah, exactly. They, they changed constantly. So... It just, uh, you know, that, I think you're going to feel that. You're not going to, you know, people right now are saying, you know, Dusty Hill passed away. That's really sad. I think as they progress as a band, you're going to notice there's something different. different. No matter how good this guy is, there's something different. I mean, even if he was a mere image of Dusty, it's not going to be the same. Right, right. It, it's, uh, you know, they were... Rock and Roll Hall of Fame members. I, uh, they, I guess he he had injured his hip in 2014, and that was still kind of the ongoing yeah thing. So 2014, and then you know last week he had to leave the tour because of his hip, so it was bothering him again. Well, who knows? They, they have never released a cause no, of death. Been, which, yeah, it could have been anything. Um, but yeah, he. Uh, I mean that one hit me pretty hard for of these yeah. last these last few that that uh, passed, but uh, <laughs> kind of a funny uh, again kind of a, an interesting story. Not as it might be funny, but interesting story. And this happened, I believe, on Billy Gibbons' birthday, uh, December sixteenth, nineteen eighty four. Dusty Hill accidentally shot himself in the abdomen. When the Derringer that he kept in his boot fell and went Holy off. Holy shit. And he said, uh, to this day, I don't know how I could do it, but I really didn't feel anything. I just knew I had to get to the hospital, so I got in a car and I drove there. <laughs> and then when I arrived at the hospital, I realized the seriousness of what I'd done, and I went into shock. So he shot himself in the stomach, drove to the hospital, and then went into shock. 
After the fact. After the fact. And I believe that was on Billy Gibbons' birthday. Oh, shit. Yeah. So they were drunk. Well, I don't... They weren't even together. They were hanging out together. Oh, shit. They, they always said, when they're on tour, they're on tour. And they travel separately, but they're a unit. Yeah, they're, they're tight. They're all friends yeah. and all that, but when they're not on tour, they may not speak. And he said, that's part of the magic. That's part of why it worked, is because we had our separate time. We weren't together 24-7. We all did our own thing, and that's why we could be for 51 years, you know, you could be together. They weren't on, yeah, they weren't constantly on top of each other. Yeah, they weren't constantly up each other's asses, you know, and that's what happens with bands. Something gets annoying about somebody, and that's where the little rifts start. Mm-hmm. So they they did did it right, you know. I think a lot of bands would be where they these guys are at if, you know, they weren't constantly, you know, if they were, like, neighbors or living together. Right. Or, you know, in the same tour bus together for, you know, fucking 15, 16 hours a day. That's, yeah, there's no way. Because those tour buses, there's not a lot of room to get away from people. But, yeah, I mean, that's, he's, he's going to be missed. Yeah, anything else, anything you want to add about ZZ Top? I mean, no, I mean, other than, you know, I think they're, they're, they've, you know, big influence on both of us as we, oh, were, yeah. we were kids. Yeah. You know, even today, you know, they've still got, you know, that great sound and, you know, he's going to be missed as a musician. Yeah. They're all fantastic musicians. Yeah. They're, they're amazing. I'm looking forward to, you know, as much as I don't like when they replace a, a staple member like that, I am looking forward to seeing what, what they do with with Elwood Francis as, as a bass And, and he's got a good band name. Elwood Francis? Yeah. So, I mean, I, hopefully they... He's no Elwood Blues. No. Even if they would do a, a thing where, okay, you know, we're not ZZ Top anymore, because Billy Gibbons has his own band. Yeah. It's just Billy Gibbons. It's a it? Billy Gibbons band, yeah. And uh, if they would do, okay, we're Billy Gibbons, Frank Beard... From ZZ Top, and then Elwood's on bass. We are basically a band that plays some ZZ Top music, and we play our own shit. And I can see him doing that. I would that I would really like to see that because you can't recreate ZZ Top. No, no matter what, fifty years is too long to try to reinvent that wheel. No, yeah, it's there's no way. No, so I mean, even if they don't come out with any other albums and they just tour, that'd be fantastic. Yeah. I would. I would. Go, I'd go listen to Billy Gibbons play guitar. Oh, yeah. I'd, go, I'd, I'd probably go listen to Billy Gibbons fart on a drum if, if that's what he was. I ain't farting on no snare drum. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to fart on a snare drum. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> <laughs> you pit fart on a snare drum. <laughs> <laughs> but, so, yeah, you know, there's there's a couple that we lost this week that, I mean, kind of kind of hit us, you know, kind of hit us in the, in the, the gut, you know, and... and we thought we'd like to talk about them a little bit. Yeah, it just it puts a uh, realization on your metal or mortality. Oh yeah, yeah. You you realize that the people you grew up watching they're getting old. Yeah, and they're not gonna be around forever. So you know, if if there's somebody coming to your town that you really want to see, go see them. Go see them. Uh, and if you get a chance to to talk to a celebrity or you know, like in our case, we talked to a lot of wrestlers. We you know. A lot of celebrities like and actors. We talked, we and talked shit. to Sid and what he passed. Uh, he passed months, a few months after yeah. we saw him. Uh, Even Brocky. Animal. You know, you know, with with, uh, with Guar, Dave Brocky. Oh, yeah. From Guar. We, we talked to him and he passed away within, almost a month within later. Within a month, yeah. Um, 
But you know, like even Animal from the Road Warriors. Yeah. You know, we we, we talked to him for we talked two to him hours. for two hours, and within a few months, he was gone. I know. I think it was a year. Was it a year later? It was a year later because he was supposed to do Crypticon again. Oh, that's right. And that's right. They got canceled because of COVID, and then yep. he ended up end up dying. That's right. So you know, don't don't skip out if if you have the means to go see some of these bands or some of these people you want to see. Make sure you do it. Make sure they know that you know that they know that they're appreciated yeah. because that's very as much as you think they get tired of hearing it. They might, but I know that they they enjoy hearing it. You know, you change you know you you changed my life or you influenced this or they dig that shit. Oh, yeah. You know, they 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 like they like to. Get their pats on the back, just like anybody else. And we got, you know, and you know, up next. Well, let's take a break first. Yeah, we'll take a break, and then we'll come back and talk about some more folks that uh, that influenced us that are no longer around. So we'll go ahead and take a break, and uh, you guys are going to listen to these uh, messages. After these messages, we'll be right back. If you grew up anywhere in Texas, especially La Grange you knew what was sold at the chicken ranch. Now ZZ Top has a new single called La Grange, a tribute to Edna's fashionable ranch and boarding house, better known as the chicken ranch. Just let me know if you're gonna go to that range. They got a lot of nice girls. Grange, only a taste of what you can hear on ZZ Top's dynamic blues rock album, Tres Hombres. If you don't have it, get it. La Grange, the single, Tres Hombres, the album, on London Records. Hey, I'm Mike Fantastic. I am Audacity Jones. We're the Russian Leg Sweep. Do you love pro wrestling? Do you? And you should listen to our podcast, The Russian Leg Sweep, on the Cloud Chowders Podcast Network. It's available wherever you find podcasts. We're in here. We're talking about opening with the, um, what's the song, Slipknot song called? Not uh, opening. Let's exists. Play that thing. How's it? Uh... Yeah, you know better. But they, yeah, that's cool. I mean, it's just that part. Yeah. I'm totally down. Hey, dude. What's up? You know, I always thought that, like, Ram Man should have been a lot bigger because he was, like, ramming through walls. And he was just a little short dude. I, I wish it would have made an action figure of that. You know, you'd make that. Huh. Slime Pit Customs. Huh? Well, like, I love Captain Spaulding, but I wish that, like, he was a superhero. Dude. Huh. Slime Pit Customs. You know what? I kind of wish that they would have made like a, a green radioactive slime He-Man that was all covered in goo. Slime Pit Customs. Slime Pit Customs? What's that? Slime Pit Customs, they make 
custom action figures, anything you want out of anything you want. So like, Slime Pit Customs could just make the action figure of my dreams come true? Yeah. Could they make me into an action figure? Yes, absolutely. Slime Pit Customs. Slime Pit Customs. Slime Pit Customs. Check them out on Facebook. Did you know that we have joined a brand new network? No shit. No shit. It's the Sin Nation. Sin Nation? What the? What is that? Synergy Nation Network. It's a group of podcasters that they just have real passion for what they're talking about and a love for podcasting. And a lot of these guys are our friends. A lot of them are our friends. And some are our friends we just don't know yet. Yeah. So if you want to check out some great shows... Go to sinnation.net, that's S-Y-N, nation.net, and see all of these awesome shows, and sometimes they do supercasts where all the shows come together. That's actually really cool. It's great, and you can check it out, sinnation.net. Celebrity stylist, Botox, the moon. Our next guest has eaten the first two and vomited violently all over the last one. <laughs> Back again, Odorous Arungus, Guar lead singer and Red Eyes interplanetary correspondent. He's so sick, he gives swine the Guar flu. Whoa. That's a good one. Thank you. Odorous, um, we're coming up on the 40th anniversary of the Apollo landing. Should we be going back to the moon? Oh, no, the moon sucks. <laughs> I mean, there's not a man in it. It's yeah. not made of cheese. <laughs> about the best thing about it is that weird Russian tank that was up there. You know, the Russians sent a tank to the moon. A lot of people don't know that. I did not know. The Russians sent a tank to the moon! <laughs> Whoa. Holy cow. I think we should side with him on this one, Greg. Yeah. 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 This job. Yeah. Uh, where, Otis, uh, where should we go then, if not the moon? Well, I think you should go see Guar play a show. That's as, almost as good as being off the planet. <laughs> is this is a true. good time for a shameless plug for my band. Yeah. Oh yeah, Guar rules. <laughs> there you go. Boom, and we are back. Which which they goes? Commercials. Amazing as yeah. usual. As usual, you know what the fuck I played. Um, <laughs> so you know to continue on and you know this this show might seem like kind of a downer but what we want to do is celebrate these people in their memories and people that you know influenced us people we really enjoyed their music 
And I think both of us are fans of Pantera. Oh, yeah. So, you know, we'll talk about people that maybe, you know, didn't pass recently, but, but that are gone and, and not forgotten, you know. So, yeah, Pantera, I mean, they lost two members. Yeah, well, Vinnie Paul died back in 2018. Yeah. He had a heart attack. Yep. At his house in Vegas, or his condo in Vegas. Um, one, like I said, before, you know, back in his heyday, he could have probably stuck it, you know, stuck with Joey Jordanson. Oh, yeah. Easily. Yeah. Um, you know, but he had that rock and roll lifestyle. Well, he never, he never, I don't think he ever fully recovered from his brother's death. No, because he was on stage with him at the time. Right? Yeah. He, he was in Damage Plan. Yeah, they were both on stage performing. Yeah. They think they just got started, and yeah. that guy jumped up on stage and, yeah, yeah. and started shooting. Well, I, did you ever see Hell Yeah? I never got to see Hell Yeah. Hell Yeah, was, they were fun. They were they were good. They were fun. I mean, there was the guys from Mudvayne and Vinny Paul. Uh, and uh, uh, Voivod, I believe. Vo- yeah, Voivod. Yeah. So, but yeah, but Vinny I, Paul was their drummer. And they were fun. I mean, Vinnie Paul, he did a lot of good things. He brought in a lot of bands on his label uh-huh. after Dime after Dime passed. Um, you know, he kind of just tried to find something to keep his mind occupied. Yeah, tried to find his place. And, yeah. Um, and, you know, they, they always tried to get a, a Pantera union, and it just never worked. It ne- well, because they, they were going to have Zach Wilde play. Mm-hmm. Because him and Dimebag, Dimebag Daryl and Zach Wilde were best friends. Yeah. And when Dime passed away, they buried him in a kiss coffin. Mm-hmm. And he had his Black Label Society colors on. Yep. They had the, with his camouflage shorts and his Converse and his vest. It didn't, uh, didn't Zach Wilde pay for the casket or something? I think so. Yeah. There was something, somebody. It's like one of, like one of the only few kiss caskets that were ever purchased. Yeah. Yeah, they made them. <laughs> Nobody ever bought yeah, them. Yeah, because they were fucking. They were outrageous. Right. Well, it's Gene Simmons. Yeah. Oh, but, I mean, oh. Nope. Gene, Sim- Gene, Jim- Gene did Simmons. Gene Simmons. Did we say Gene Simmons? We did say Gene Simmons. Well, let's do a Gene Simmons break. Time for a break, especially since Dimebag was a huge Kiss fan. Huge Kiss fan. So he, he'll let's do a new Gene Simmons break. Then we'll, we'll figure something else, something new out. So. Uh, you heard it here first. This is the new Gene Simmons break. You know, I squeezed my butt really tight when I came in here. But who knew I was going to get another one? And there it is. God, he's a dick. Thanks, thanks, Rex. <laughs> thanks, Rex. <laughs> Rex from uh, Toys in the Past, Lincoln. Uh, two stores. He had to open three. One. There's three. Stores there's three now. stores now. Three stores now. They opened a whole new store just because uh, Rex has to pay, pay for, for the Gene Simmons break. Yeah. So. Yeah, they're they got to. He's got to make that money somehow. Yeah, he, he does. And and we appreciate Rex sponsoring our Gene Simmons breaks. We'll just do another. We'll do one of the old ones now. So we'll double up on Gene Simmons. Who do I admire more than myself? Nobody. I'm spectacular. <laughs> are you really? Oh, I'm stunning. There we are. Glad brought, I'm, I'm glad I'm not that guy. Yeah, brought, brought to you by, <laughs> brought, brought to you by I'm Rex. I'm glad I'm not Rex. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I wouldn't want to be Gene Simmons either. No. <laughs> So yeah, th- thanks, Rex. We appreciate your uh, Gene Simmons. Did you hear that? Well, what the hell was that? That was an explosion. Yeah, did you have your grill on? No. Huh? Was it something at your house? No, I don't know. Vibrated the floor. I felt that. I hope it was another house explosion. 
that way. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um, but yeah, Dimebag, I mean. Dimebag, Dimebag Daryl, Dimebag Daryl Abbott. Yes. Is his name. He originally started out in Pantera in 1981 with him and his brother. Yep. Uh, they've been playing it ever since. I know he had, they, they played together up until his death. Yeah, oh yeah, up until the moment of his death. I know that he had tried out for Megadeth. Dimebag did? One time, yeah. Wow. One time when I think they were still, they were still had Pantera, but they were kind of on a hiatus. But he tried out for Megadeth, and he had the job. Yeah. And he's like, and he got that, that deep Dimebag dude. He's like, hey, man, the only way I'm going to come play is if I bring my brother with me. He's like, I already got a drummer. I don't need another drummer. Right. And he's like, oh, I can't play. Damn. So yeah, can you imagine what Megadeth would have sounded like with those two? I I don't think it would have had longevity because of Dave Mustaine. Yeah, uh, being a Dick. The, the way he is. Yeah, I don't. I think he's calmed down a lot now. He has. It, 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 he's aged and he's calmed down. Quite he a bit. seems like a really nice guy. Yeah, a very mellow Dave. He's not yeah. going to kick himself. Right. You know, he, with an inch or two of kicking distance there. Right. Um, I've been listening to a lot of Megadeth the last few days. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you, do, you, uh, do you remember when we were talking to uh, Johnny Kelly from yep. Typo Negative? That story he told about Pantera? Which one? Um, well, he... Shit, no, I don't remember, but I remember the conversation. I remember the, I was talking to him. So, what, what, what had happened is uh, we went and saw uh, Danzig and, and Doyle when they did their little reunion tour. And Danzig had like an all-star cast. Yeah, his band, band was an all-star band. And uh, he had uh, Tommy Victor from Prong was on guitar. Fucking great guy, dude. And Prong, oh, remember Prong opened? Yeah. Was that the one Prong opened? No, no, Prong didn't open for that. It was... Uh, I saw Prong open once. We both seen him open. It, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't that show. It was... Shit, I don't remember. It was still in Lincoln, though. Yeah. But... Um, it, yeah, anyway. It was, it was Dan, Dan and Doyle, and Tommy Victor from Prong was playing guitar, and Johnny Kelly from Typo Negative was playing drums. And I think the bass player was like from Sam Hain or something. Yeah, it was. It was a bass player yeah. from Sam Hain. And so um, we uh, we hung out. We were, we were bullshitting with uh, with Doyle, and we were bullshitting with uh, with Tommy Victor. And Johnny we were bullshitting with Tommy Victor because Doyle was like, "Why the fuck are you guys still here?" Yeah, yeah. He was like, <laughs> "What the hell?" And we were waiting for Glenn Danzig, and we eventually got to meet him. But uh, like at three in the morning, remember that we stayed up there till three in the morning, and then they're like, "Okay, come here." Um, so, Johnny Kelly said, uh, he said that him and Dimebag and uh, Dimebag's girlfriend, Rita, yeah, they were all hanging out backstage and, and they may have been doing some intoxicating substances uh, by, by nose. And uh, I believe he said they were snorting uh, ecstasy. Oh, yeah. As, as, off, off of the road case, you know, they, they just laying out lines. And... Um, all the guys in Pantera, they were in Pantera's dressing room, and they were listening to King Diamond. They were on the Ozfest yes, tour. Yes, I remember this. Yes, they were on the Ozfest tour, and they were listening to King Diamond in, in their dressing room, and King Diamond just appeared. He just comes strolling in, and he was, like, hanging out with them. And fucking, what's his name and from the Peter Steele. Yeah, Peter Steele. Like, fuck Pe is this bullshit? Yeah, Peter Steele comes walking in. He's like, what is this shit you're listening to? And they said, it's King Diamond, dude. He goes, this is a bunch of shit. And they're like, dude, meet King Diamond. Yeah. <laughs> and they said, Peter Steele shakes his hand. He goes, 
hello, it's a pleasure to meet you. Your music is shit. <laughs> 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 that, was, that was funnier now. Oh, man. You keep guy. He almost got sued, but he tried to get... Kiss tried to sue him for their look. For the makeup, yeah. 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 That's, yeah, they just fuck off. Yeah, there's no way. He's... He's more of that Scandinavian black metal look. You yeah. Know? But, yeah, you know, Pantera, they they definitely... Dimebag, he was one Dimebag of Dimebag influenced a lot of people. Like Dimebag influenced a lot of people. He had that fucking sound that nobody else could do. I I played uh, Cowboys from Hell once um, on Guitar Hero. Yeah. Uh, and, and it was very hard. On Guitar Hero. Oh, yeah, dude. Very hard. I mean, it, I, there's no way I did. Cowboys from Hell was Cemetery Gates. I think it was Cemetery Gates was on Guitar Hero. Maybe. Cow Cowboys from Hell was on there. Was I know. Yeah, oh, yeah. It was on Rock Band or, or Guitar Hero, one of them. But, I mean. Yeah, I love Cemetery Gates. That's a great song. Pantera, just in general. I mean, they had, when they, they had, you know, their their big hair metal sound. When they first started. When they first started. And they had, they were glam band. Oh, yeah, my they were glam God, band. that was They hilarious. didn't sound anything like they did now. They didn't look anything like no. they <laughs> and then they came, and then Phil started the band in, I think, 89 with power metal. Yep. And that's when they all still had the big hair, and then they had their big breakout in 91 with Cowboys from Hell. Mm -hmm. And with his sounding like Rob Halford sound, and a mix with that, and I'd say Skid Row. Yep. Of a Sebastian Bach, that scream he sounds, but then he's got that growl. And with Dimes fucking acoustics and Vinny's drumming, they, dude, they were fucking just kings of fucking metal. Oh, yeah, they were amazing. And they, they brought in something that nobody had ever heard before. Well, it was almost, it was almost like Southern Rock Speed Metal. Yeah. Because they, they were all, you know, Texas boys. And Texas and Louisiana. Louisiana. And they were all from down south, and they they had they had elements of southern rock in their music. Mm -hmm. that, well, that's like you listen to because I've got a couple. I've got Rex Brown's album. Yeah, and he doesn't sound anything like he did back in the nineties. Oh, really? It's more of a rhythm and blues style. That's cool. And it's fucking. It's good. Yeah, but he's doing his own thing because he was playing with. Uh, and he was playing with Super Joint for a while. Yep, it was him and Phil playing Super Joint, and I saw Super Joint and. I think he played with Down, maybe. He might have. I, I think I've seen Down, too. I've seen Down. Maybe, I've seen Down twice. Yeah. Um, because I was a big Phil fan. And then I saw I saw uh, Phil, Phil Ensemble and the Illegals. Those, that, that, that was, yeah, he's got a lot of projects. They played, actually, they played Vulgar, Vulgar Display of Power. They played the whole album. Oh, no shit. Oh, yeah, amazing. that's right. With, he, they opened for uh, Slayer. Yeah. And I, I, I saw Ministry, I saw Phil and the Illegals, and I saw Primus. I stayed for about five songs of Slayer, and I left. Yeah, that been, I wish I could have went to that. Dude, that been a great show. It was, uh, yeah. I, I, I stayed for every band. I never got into Slayer. I mean, I, I, I know, Slayer is, is just like Slipknot. I know the music. Yeah. I've heard the music. I could not tell you what song I've heard. Oh, I But do, when I, I hear I it, I'm Slayer. like, oh, I've heard this song. Yeah. It's familiar. Don't know what it's called, but I, I know the song. And I stayed until I heard what I thought were the handful of songs that I knew. I'm sure they played something in the encore. They probably encore. played Rainy Blood, Seasons of the Abyss. Yep. And I think Dead Skin Mask. Yeah, and uh, Bloodlines probably. It was just like like four or five songs. I'm like, yeah, I knew all those songs. I'm gonna beat the crowd and get out of here. Yeah. And I, I left like. That was here in town. Or was that in Lincoln? No, that was that was here in Omaha. In Omaha, okay. yeah. And I, I left. I had no traffic to deal with. Uh, the cops weren't even out directing traffic. No, yet. not yet, because the show wasn't just the getting show, started. Yeah, and, and everybody's like, why are you leaving? I'm like, 
I saw what I wanted to see. Yeah. You know, I, I, I wouldn't see Primus. And then ministry was, I never thought ministry would tour again because I didn't think Al Jorgensen could uh, stand straight, could stand up. Yeah. And, uh, and then, and then Phil and the illegals was like, awesome. And, see, and, and Phil, I mean, he's some controversy here, left here and there. He's always controversial. And, you know, people are, yeah, I like Pantera. I've always liked Pantera. I will always like Pantera. I'm not going to, you know, if they do, if Phil says this or he says this, you know, that's on them. I'm not promoting whatever that is. I like the the music from back in the day. There's a point where you have to separate the art from the artist. Yeah. And that this is a great example. Uh, Kiss is a great example for me because... Uh, you too, because we don't like Gene Simmons. No, Gene Simmons can fucking suck a dick. And uh, fuck, I'm about to get sued now. Yeah, no shit. We better, yeah, we, we better do a Gene Simmons break real quick. Hi, I'm Gene Simmons. You're not. Okay, well, there's Gene Simmons break. At least you know what we don't do ever do uh, Paul Stanley breaks because Paul Stanley's not as full of himself as Gene Simmons. No, no, Paul Stanley's just Paul Stanley, you know. Um, but yeah, Gene Simmons. Uh, I don't like. The dude, but I do love the music. I like the music, yeah. So there, there is a definite point where you have to separate the art from the artist. There's some sometimes people do things that you just can't. Yeah. But in this case, it's like, and I don't think he does it on purpose. I think he's, I mean, he's cleaned himself up now. He, yeah. And he's trying to become a, just he's trying to just do music. But he says he does stupid shit. He just does, says and does stupid but shit. I don't think I think he he does it before he thinks. Yep. And then he's like, oh, fuck. Okay, now I've got to recuperate this and apologize for this. And show Lay that. low for a while. Yeah. And, yeah. And, he, and then he comes back and he fucking rocks out his shows. Right. Yeah. But you know, going back to Dime, I mean, like like I said, you know, these guys. If you don't know the story about Dime back there and what happened, he he was he died on stage. The guy, uh, an overactive fan. Yeah, it was a, it was a fan that was pissed. It was pissed because Pantera broke up, and they blamed he blamed it on Dime and Vinny. Mm-hmm. Um, got on, got a ticket to the show, got on stage right when the show was getting started, and just you know, shot Dime back. Oh yeah, jumped on stage and shot him. Yep. And yeah, that him, that, him, and one of the security, one of their security guys, both got killed that day. And I yep. think it was, and the guitar attacker. One of the techs ended up getting shot, but didn't die. Yep. Um, that was the end of Damage Plan. Yeah. And that was, there was always that lingering, you know, is Pantera going to get back together? And they just weren't getting along at the time. I think had... It was a lot of, it was Phil's ego. Yeah. And like I said, over the years, last 15 years, last 20 years, his ego went from super high up to he's more mellowed out. Yeah. He's not as egotistical as he used to be. He was also doing a lot of fucking heroin back then. He, he, he drank like a fish. Yeah. And he, I think he ended up getting himself into rehab and cleaning himself up. I mean, if, if I'm wrong, let me know. But I, I This heard, sounds right. I heard he cleaned himself up. Now, if, if Dimebag hadn't had gotten shot, I believe that they would have worked out and we would have had a Pantera reunion. Maybe, yeah. Because... But Vinny was still pissed because Vinny, I mean, even um, Phil wasn't even allowed at the funeral. Yeah, he couldn't go to the you know the the wake where they had the they had the fans there. He couldn't go to the funeral, and it was it was Dime's girlfriend Rita said, "Vinny doesn't want you here." Right. 
So he couldn't even get his last respects in, mm-hmm. nothing like that, which that sucks. That, that does, because that, you know, you can't ever, you can't ever go back and do it again. No. You know, that's like a one-time shot. You can do something, but you can't ever do the full act. And, I remember watching online after, after Dime got shot and um, Phil's, Phil got on and did a video. He's just sitting in his kitchen. He's like, you know, I couldn't do this. I couldn't do this. You know, I lost my brother. You know, we had our differences, but we were, I was hoping we could work things out. Mm-hmm. After I got my personal demons fixed, yep. he goes, no, I can't do that. And this guy took this away. Yeah. And I don't even remember if that guy ended up shooting himself or not. I think so. But. I, I think he might have. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it was, it was heartbreaking just watching this guy that I, you know, I, I got to meet these guys back in uh 97. Oh, wow. Because they were doing an autograph session at Homer's downtown. Yeah, a local, local, local record, record store. store. Yeah. And, you know, I got to chat with Phil, and I got to, I got to make do jokes with Dime. Nice. And I ended up trading my Kiss hat that I had for the Pantera hat that, that Dime was wearing. Oh, wow. He's like, go get it. I said, hey, Dime, let me trade my hats with you. He's like, oh, it's a promotional hat. So come on, man. I just want to trade it. I got this Kiss hat from the last tour just a couple weeks ago. He's like, go get the hat, come back, and I'll trade you. You should have had him sign it. I, ra- I ran outside, fuck it. Well, they were signing everything else for me. Yeah. I ran outside, because I was supposed to park right out the door. Got it, fucking traded hats, I fucking shook Phil's hand, you know, sitting there bullshit with them for a few minutes. And I was 17, man, and I was, I was geeking hard. That's awesome, yeah. And then I got to go, I got to see the show. My buddy ended up getting a backstage pass. Oh, wow. Because um, Phil was walking around the mall, Westroads Mall. Yeah. And he was handing out fucking backstage passes to oh, kids shit. to fans. That's cool. And so I didn't get to go backstage, but he gave me the pass, and I fucking wish I still had it. That's it was just awesome. a, you know, just one of the fucking stickers. Yeah. But yeah, I ended up getting that, and fucking when after I remember because I was working nights, and my buddy Greg called me because we had them two way phones. He called me. He's like, "Hey, isn't every phone a two way phone?" It was like one of the Nextels. Oh, with the walkie-talkie yeah. on it. Okay. So he goes, hey. Yeah, so yeah, if you use that a one-way phone, that's it's a uh, conversation with yourself. Yeah, that's a, if you don't pay your bill, that's a one-way phone. And he told me, he's like, dude, he goes, he, you, you guys radio? I said, no. He goes, well, if there's hoping for a Pantera unit, it ain't going to happen. I'm like, who the fuck died? I figured Phil had an overdose. Yeah. He turned on the radio, and they said the dime was shot. Man, it, it fucking crushed me. Oh, yeah. I remember. It was a, it was a hard, you know, it was like, what the fuck? Yeah. You know? And then, you know, you're sad, then you're pissed. Yep. And it fucking... And it's a it fan. Just, just a talk, fan did it. A fan did it. And just talking about it, I mean, it fucking... It still just gets to me. Yeah. Because that was something, you know, you know like, I was Pantera. The fuck, I had Pantera shirts. I had Pantera fucking CDs. I fucking shaved my head because Phil had his fucking head shaved. <laughs> you know, and it was... You know, I was fucking... I was a Pantera fan. Right. You know, as that, and, you know, fucking just basically just thrash metal back then. You know, when everybody else is doing it in the fucking grunge or country. Yep. No, I didn't do that. I mean, I fucking, and like, just like we do now. Fuck, I had my shorts on with my fucking boots. Yep. And, you know, I had my fucking flannel around my waist. You know, oh, yeah. Fucking straight, hardcore fucking oh, yeah. looking dude, you know. And, <clears throat> you know, these, these, these guys, they had a big influence on me. And I went to the fucking, I went to a show afterwards after Dime's death, and it was a tribute show that a lot of local bands hit did down in Lincoln and we were fucking doing shots of black tooth grin all fucking night. Oh wow. And just getting fucking hammered. 
Yeah. And I, I remember driving back home. I don't even know if I was driving. But my buddy's like, dude, I got to fucking just... He was, I, was like, I was like, dude, I got to piss, man. I got to fucking piss. And he's like, oh, man, we're gonna, it's a fucking Flying J's just right up the street. Right. You know, fucking Flying J's 35 minutes away. <laughs> right? That's right <laughs> up the street, though. Yeah. He's like, it's just right up the street. I'm like, all right, man. So fucking, he's like, dude, you got to pull over. I'm going to throw up. I'm like, well, while you're throwing up, I'm taking a fucking piss. So we fucking, he starts, he fucking throws up. I take my piss. We fucking go to the Flying J. He runs to the bathroom. He's fucking throwing up again. But yeah, that was a fucking dude. That was a good show, and I wish there was more, you know, not even like cover bands, but you know, just tribute bands like that. If guys could hit that sound, oh yeah, I would love to see a show like that. Yeah, see, Phil and the Illegals did a hell of a job on Pantera, yeah. but it took, I think, five or six guys to hit that to sound. Hit that, yep. Yeah, I think and they had two. They had two or three guitar players. I remember when. Phil um, Super Joint first came out. Oh, there's a ton of people in that band, too. Yeah, it was a lot of guys from fucking uh, COC. Yeah. And uh, those guys that were down or in, that were in COC were in fucking Super Joint. And yep. I think there was one of the guys from Slayer was in it. It was just like a super group. Oh, yeah. I fucking I remember I, I seen that where it was at Suncoast. Or that Suncoast was Sam Goody. Yeah. And I fucking grabbed that CD. I was like, this is fucking great. And my you know, buddy's like, man, Phil fucking sucks. I'm like, fuck off, dude. Phil's a fucking man. Yeah. Yeah, so I fucking got it and fucking listened to it. It's like, this is all fucking amazing. And right. Then I got down, and then down two, and then down three. And, you know, it's just, it's it's something that you take with you that you, you know, that is a part of you. Right. And it's, you know, just the music in general. I mean, music's been a big influence on me for years. I mean, my cousins, my, my dad, they're all in bands. But they have been in bands. So I've been around music. Mm-hmm. My friends have all been in bands. So I was always around it. And... It's just one of those things where it's just, you know, music makes you feel better. Right. And then when these guys die, it's like you lose a piece of yourself. Oh, yeah. And, and you can say that, you know, they live on through their music. They're always going to be around. And they do. But just knowing that they're not going to make any more. Yeah. It's just like, oh, fuck. And then, you know, like I said, you know, and then Vinny, Vinny passed away just two years ago from a heart attack. Yeah. And he's buried right next to his brother. Oh, right on. So, I mean, they're buried right next to each other. Yeah. You know, they've got... A picture of uh, Dime on his headstone, and then a picture of Vinny on his headstone. Okay. So I mean, and I, I you know, I don't know if I think their dad is still alive, but he's got to be because they'd be fifties now. I think if they're in their fifties now, they'd be in their fifties. So their dad's got to be in their seventies or eighties. But their dad—that's where they got their music from. And their dad was a country western uh, producer. Oh no, kidding. Yeah. Oh wow, I didn't know that. So they've been around music their entire lives. Yeah. And I guess, like. Um, when I was reading years ago, like Vin, uh, Dime never had a lesson. He taught himself how to play, how to make all that sound himself. Wow! Because he was like doing like amateur, like like um, like guitar shows. Okay, uh, yeah. Like uh, like um, like open mic type things. Yeah, or uh, um, um, contests. Okay, yeah. Like talent shows. Yeah. And he'd fucking go in there and just blow these guys away. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, Dimebag Daryl is fucking one of the greatest, funniest fucking people you will ever see. If you ever watch their their home videos, Pantera yeah. Home Video 1 is just basically Cowboys from Hell album. Video 2 is the promoting the Vulgar album and Far Beyond Driven. Yeah. Um, but it's fucking hilarious. Oh, wow. The, way, the, the shit these guys would do to themselves and to their friends just... 
mean, just watching, I mean, back then, I mean, I was like, you know, 17, 18, you're just fucking cracking up. And then just thinking about it now, it makes me want to start laughing. Right. And then video three was promoting reinventing the Steel album and uh, Great Southern Trend Kill album. It's just fucking watching these guys do these fucking stunts and say, hey, I'll give you $2,000 if you eat all of this in 10 minutes. Oh, wow. And I remember it was one, it was, they, <laughs> there's this fucking cake, man. This thing had to be like eight inches thick and 24 inches wide. <laughs> right? It, they were fucking like, all right. It's like, I think they had to bet up to like $5,000. Wow. And you're just fucking eating this. They were watching this guy, dude just eating. He's like, I'm done. So they get on the microphone like a big bow, big bow. Come on, man, big bow. That was your security. Your head of security is big bow. Yeah. And he just passed away not too long ago, too. He was working for Ozzy now. Oh, okay. Before he passed. Um, the big, big dude. And he comes in and he's like, he's like, we'll give you this for $5,000. You eat all this. He's like, all right. And he's fucking start watching me. And it's just, they're playing music in the background. You can hear the fucking, just the sound in the background playing. And it's like just going through. And he's like, just destroying this thing. <laughs> and he's like, I'm done. <laughs> and he fucking anymore. walks away from like five grand. Wow. But dude, it's just like they like we get fans like in the airport, like, don't you eat all this shit? We'll give you a hundred bucks. Oh damn. They're like fucking chug this bottle of hot sauce or they got fucking one where it's uh <laughs> Rex is walking down I don't know, the backstage, he's just got a sock on. Oh yeah. He's like <laughs> he's like someone threw a drumstick at my dick my dick is broken <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like they get pictures like they're fucking like it's like one of the beginning like Dimebag's taking a shit and Rex fucking opens the door on him oh, I'm like what the fuck dude that's hilarious <laughs> so I mean uh, the, definitely that, not for little kids no a lot no. of a lot of drug use a lot of ass a lot of tits a lot of guy ass um, a lot of, uh, of of adult talk. A lot of adult talk, yeah. So somebody else, and, and this one, I would say it it comes up in conversation because while he had a a you know a good library of music, he had one hit that really stood out, and he passed away uh, on July sixteenth. So just you know a few weeks ago, yeah, Bismarck Heat. And the, the impact that he made with some of our friends that are, are in the hip-hop scene, I know that they really felt the, the, that loss. But, uh, you know, so how many times do you find yourself just, it'll come up conversation and all of a sudden you just go, Oh, baby, you, you got, got what I need. You say he's just a friend. I, and I love that song. Sadly, that's really... His oh. only hit. Yeah, that's the only big major hit that he had. But he was a hell of... He produced a lot of shit that people didn't know. He did? Just he, like Sir Mixlot. He did a lot of fucking artists that, that he dropped off the scene, but he's like, you know what? I'm going to start fucking producing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, I guess... Um, that song was in several, you know, movies I and, think Bismarck, he was, also, he was also in Men in Black. It was in Men in Black? I think he was in Men in Black 3 or 2. Uh, he was in Men in Black 2, it says right here. Yep. Yes. He was an alien parody of himself. Yeah, where he spoke in hip, he spoke in, in beatbox. He spoke in beatbox, yes, he did. Um, he uh, he also provided a voice. Where was that at? He provided a voice in 
SpongeBob SquarePants. He was Kenny the Cat. Oh, no shit. Yeah. And then he was uh, Schnorlock the Beatboxing Slug in Adventure Time. I don't remember that episode, but Adventure Time was cool as shit. But, I mean, he had he, he had a career that spanned, you know, three decades. Uh, he started on the 80s. And uh, he had some underground hits. Nobody Beats the Biz, Vapors, and Pickin' Boogers. And then he was also in the video for uh, Rob Bass's It Takes Two. Oh, no shit. Yeah, he was in that video. It but, takes two, it takes two. That one? I think so. Me and you. But that, that, very nice. It takes two to make a thing go right. He did. He guested on a lot of uh, Beastie Boys. It looks like. Oh no shit! I can yeah. see that. Yeah, he he guested on like five albums for the Beastie Boys. The Beastie. That's another one, dude. Who, who, who died from the Beastie Boys? Was it uh, uh, Mike? Was it Mike D or MCA? It was MCA, I think. Or was it? Ad, oh fuck! I don't remember. One of them. Ad Rock. Adam. Yeah, yeah. It was Adam Yatch. Ad, it was yeah. Ad Rock. Um, I'm pretty sure. But he he did a lot of guest work like uh, on on Slick Rick on Will Smith. Uh, he uh, you know he just he, he worked with a lot, a lot of different people and he did some uh, pr- producing work and all that. But just that one he had that one big hit and that's really when it comes down to it that's really all you need is one big hit. That's all you need. And you're made. You know you you can. Live off that. You can live off that hit, yeah. And but he kept working. I mean, he, he kept he kept going. And it looks like he was in four decades. He was making music because eighties, nineties, two thousands, and two thousand tens. He was he was doing work. And then uh, twenty twenty, he was hosting a radio show on LL Cool J's uh, radio station on Sirius XM. So he hosted every weekday. He hosted a radio show on on uh, the Rock the Bells oh, shit. radio channel, and then uh, he had some complications due to type two diabetes, and he went into diabetic coma in two thousand twenty. Oh man! July first, two thousand twenty one, he had a death hoax, and his representative said it's not true. He's under medical care. They're doing the best they can. Him so he's been in a coma. He was almost in a coma for a year. Well, no, no, no. Oh. No, he was he was in a diabetic coma and he had a stroke in 2020. But then in 2021, July 1st, he had the death hoax, and they said no, he's you know he hasn't passed away. And then 15 days later, he did pass away at the age of 57. So I know the hip hop community really felt that. Yeah, and that is. Like I said, that's one... So he was doing music since he was 17 years old. Damn. 40 years, man. Yep. Wow. That's pretty fucking good. Well, and... Like I said, that is one... I I wouldn't say, like, the most recognizable hip-hop song. But that's one that everybody knows, even if you don't listen to hip-hop. You know that song. And you could walk into... You could walk into a bar almost anywhere... And if you walked in and just 
yelled. If it was right, I mean, if you walk into like an Eagles club somewhere, they're probably not going to do it, or a VFW. <laughs> like, oh, baby, but, shut the fuck up. Yeah, shut the fuck up. I'm trying to drink my, my Pabst. <laughs> Drinking my hams, goddammit. I fought in the big war. I think one of the most popular hip-hop songs, and that's just my opinion, is Fight for Your Right. Yeah, I, yeah, I can see that. Back in the... Everybody, if anybody knows that song. Yes. This, I think, is on par with it, though. Yeah. Because, like I said, if you walked into a bar and you just shouted, Oh, baby, you! People are going to sing along. Yep. And people are going to know. No matter if they're our age, you know, in their 40s, 30s, their 20s. I mean, another one is speaking yeah. of hip-hop we lost, man. We lost... um, um the heck's his name? Humpty. Oh, yeah. Digital Underground. Yeah, yeah, Shock G. Yeah, Shock G. And, and for years, nobody... And, and that's another song. That's another... They, the Humpty Dance. The Humpty Dance. Everybody knows that song. Whether, like I said, whether you're a hip-hop fan or, or not, not, you know that you song. Know that song. And, there, and there are certain songs that are just like... And he just that. passed this year, too. Yeah, he did. Um, a lot of people didn't know that Shock G was, was Humpty Hump. Really? A lot of people. And I didn't know his name was Shock G, honestly. His... I thought his name was Humpty. No, Humpty was a character. And... Humpty was a character with a nose. With the nose. All he did was put on... A, a fake nose. A fake nose and a pair of glasses. And I've even seen... And that's, how I, that's how I've always seen him, though. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people. Because a lot of people did not know what he looked Digital like. Underground, that's how he always looked. It uh -huh. matter the song. Right. Um, but they would reference Shock G in Digital Underground. Shock G was a member of Digital Underground as well. Oh, no shit. Yes. So, I've seen pictures, you know, I always saw he just had the, the big nose, and it looked like a, a big plastic nose. Yeah. Well, he did other variations where he'd, like, have a polka-dotted nose. I've seen that. Or, like, with, with, with black and white swirls on it, you know. So, he, he played it up, and a lot of people did not know that they were the same person. I, I didn't know. I know some people that didn't know until he passed away, and they said, you know, Shock G, otherwise known as Humpty Hump, but they didn't know. Oh, shit. So, yeah, and that, I, I, I love Digital Underground. Yeah. And not just the Humpty Dance. No, I like a lot of their stuff. Yeah, they have a lot of really, really good music. And, yeah, that, that's another one that a lot of people, you know, that we know that are in the hip-hop business. Yeah. They, like yeah. I know, like, Sam, that hit Sam hard. I yeah, think. Sam and, and the Smoke Break Boys, yeah. you know, Mike, Mike and Morgan. I know that, that both, you know, Biz Marquis and, and, uh, and Shock G, they, they both commented on it, you know. And, yeah, I mean, surprisingly, for as rock and roll and metal as we are, we, we know a lot of people that are in the yeah. hip-hop business. Well, I mean, we listen, and to, we we listen, listen to, to it. Some, yeah, less yeah. Of, not a lot of it, but some of it, and yeah. a lot of the older stuff. Well, yeah, and, and I really enjoy the stuff like that, that Comatose, you know, puts out and, and Smoke Break. Uh, actually, Smoke Break, just, uh, they just released a video on the Troma Now app. Yeah, that's right. They did. It, it actually, uh, August first, as we're recording today, it was released. And this movie or this this song is on the soundtrack to a movie that we're working on. Uh, and and uh, we were doing makeup on the movie, and we're both going to be in the movie. Um, and the smoke break is in the movie as well. But they recorded the soundtrack. They recorded the title song. Uh, the movie is called After School Lunch Special Two, Two. Sloppy Seconds. And Lloyd Kaufman from Troma appears in the movie. We got to work with him. I think we talked about that a couple weeks ago. When yeah. We worked with him. Great guy. And yeah, awesome guy. And he picked up the music video 
and put it on Troma Now app. That's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. And that, you know, if you guys check out the Troma Now app, After School Lunch Special 2, I believe, will be on there as well. After School Lunch Special 1 is already on there. Yeah, it is. And if you sign up for the Troma Now app, you actually get a month free. So get your free month. Check out the Smoke Break video. Check out After School Lunch Special. Check out the Toxic of Crusaders. The Toxic Crusaders, all those are on I watched there. That entire, I watched the entire series. Yeah. So That's like the only thing I did. I started, that's like the first thing I looked for. Oh, I watched a bunch of stuff. And I was like, there. yep, I'm watching this until the end. And it's only like four bucks or five bucks a yeah. month. So I signed up because there's a lot of stuff on there that's not, it's not even trauma. It's all kinds well, of Well, yeah, he's got a lot of rights to a lot of movies. He bought up a lot of rights and he also gets independent movies. Yep. And if he believes in the movie and believes in it. And they're categorized very well. They are, it's amazing. Yeah. It's a great app. But yeah, he there's a lot of independent film that you won't see anywhere else. And uh, yeah, give it, a, give it a, a shot. You know, at least watch the Smoke Break video and After School Lunch Special 1. Don't tell me we we sent you because he's not going to know who the hell you're talking about. If you, oh, unless you say the guys that did the amazing makeup job. Amazing, amazing. Because he was makeup. very impressed with that. He was. He did love our makeup job. And uh, stick around and, 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 you know, pay your five bucks for a few months. And, and when After School Lunch Special 2 comes out, you'll see our smiling faces and see our makeup work. And a lot of other stuff. So, now, we got a couple more that we need to talk about here. Which one do you want to go with first? Uh, do you do you want to you want to go with uh, you want to go with the the god of space barbarian? Let's go with the god. We'll go with the god. Now this one hit me hard. Um, and that's Lemmy from Motorhead. Lemmy, Lemmy was who would, who would win in a fight, Lemmy or God? That's a trick question. Lemmy is God, man. <laughs> so little plug by the Lone Rangers there. <laughs> How can you guys be Lone Rangers if there's three of you? <laughs> President Lemmy. Now he's also in the trauma. He's he's in the trauma. Yeah, he's president. He was president in several movies, uh, and he he narrated uh, Tromeo and Juliet. Yeah, yeah, he's in a lot of trauma movies. Lemmy, he, uh, I mean, very recognizable. Ian, both if, in, if you came up and said, "I want to talk about Ian Fraser, Killmeister," I'd know that fucking AD who you're talking about. Right, right. Um. Lemmy, the way, the way he got the uh, the nickname of Lemmy, he was always asking, "Hey, uh, let, let, let me borrow five bucks, or let me, you know, he was he was English, so let, you know, let me let me borrow five pounds, let, let me let me let me borrow some cigarettes, let me borrow this, or like let me let me let me let me," and that's how he got his name. He was Lemmy. he was the uh, uh, roadie and guitar tech for for Jimi Hendrix, yeah. and so there's you know, there's an, another mention of Jimi Hendrix in this episode. He has a very recognizable look with the uh, mutton chops and the, the moles. big moles on his face and the long hair. He has a very recognizable voice, a growly oh, yeah. voice. There was the loudest and band in history. Loudest band ever. His bass playing, he, he did not know how to play bass. He no shit. He, he, yeah, he did not know how to play bass. He, played, he was a guitar player. And when he was in Hawkwind, their bass player quit or got fired or had some dis- issue at the at a border or something. Something happened. Visa. There was something happened. Yeah. And they're like, we don't have a bass player. And he goes, oh, I'll give it a shot. And so he played it like he played rhythm guitar. And then when he started Motorhead, he distorted his bass. 
And that thing sounds like a machine gun. It's, I mean, oh, it, yeah. it, it's just and you know, everybody knows, everybody has heard a, a Motorhead song, at least one. They've all heard the Ace of Spades. Everybody knows Ace of Spades. Um, if you're a wrestling fan, you've heard several. He did Triple H's theme, The King of Kings, The Game, uh, Lion in the Sand for Evolution. He, he, oh, he, yeah, he did. Yeah, he did, he did like four He couldn't times. play them fucking songs. He tried, didn't he try to put them on an album? No, he did put him on an album. And then I thought Vince like put a cease and desist order. Nope, on it. nope. He he got him on he got him on albums, and they played live at WrestleMania. Yeah. So Lemmy lived to be seventy years old, and he was told by his doctor, "You can't quit drinking, and you can't quit doing speed, because your body's too used to it. You've been doing it too long." Really? He said, "You can't quit," and so he. In his later years, as he got older, he switched from uh, Jack Daniels. He drank Jack and Coke. Yeah. He switched to vodka and orange juice because he thought it'd be a little healthier for him. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> but he, he had to switch. The guy smoked cigarettes like a chimney. Uh, did you know he did did crystal meth? He I mean just he, his whole life. Yeah. And, but his doctor said your body's too used if to it. If you stop, you'll die. If you stop, you'll die. So he, as far as I know, he did that shit up until the day he died. Well, he died. He lived above the bar. He lived above. And they the, brought the bar. The up rainbow. To him. Yeah, the rainbow bar on on the uh, the strip. Sunset Strip in, there. in L.A. He uh, he was always there. People said you could find him there playing video poker. Yep. Like if he wasn't on tour, he was at the rainbow. And so when he got too sick to come to the rainbow, they brought his video poker machine up to his apartment. And the owner of the rainbow was sitting with him, and he was playing video poker. And he was sitting there just bullshitting with him, keeping him company. And he's playing video poker, and he got done with this game, and he just said he looked at the guy, and he goes, Oh, hell. I'm tired. And he went to sleep. And the guy sat there, and pretty soon it was like, uh, shit, he just died. He finished his video poker game and died. Holy shit, man. That's and sad. He died uh, about, uh, I think, a week or so after his 70th birthday. Yeah. They had a big, big birthday party for him. But what he didn't realize is uh, he wasn't feeling well, and he went to the doctor, and he had cancer in his neck and in his head. <sighs> All over. And they're like, dude, <laughs> we, don't, we, we didn't catch this. We didn't know anything about it. You're full of tumors. And he's like, well, that's how it goes. Yeah. You know? He, I always kind of looked up to him. Because Lemmy lived his life on his terms. Mm -hmm. And Lemmy said what was on his mind, and he didn't give a fuck what you thought. He didn't care if it hurt your feelings. He was a very nice man, very polite man. But he didn't care if he hurt your feelings by telling you the truth. Yeah. And that's admirable. And to live life on your terms is very admirable. You know, just to do what the fuck you want to do. And that's kind of what I do, you know. I just, I don't hurt anybody, but I do what the fuck I want to do. You know, I don't miss very many opportunities are presented my way, you know. And that's something that I kind of, you know, I kind of took from money. You know, you only got one life. Live it. Yeah. You go out and live it. And don't worry about, you know, don't hurt other people, but don't worry about what other people think of you. So, I mean, that's kind of cool. I remember watching his funeral. It was, it was broadcast on uh, YouTube, live. And the cast of characters that spoke at his funeral, fucking amazing. I know the guys from Metallica. They were all good friends with him. Yes, he was good friends with everybody. I remember in the they music. did his 
fiftieth birthday. Yeah. They all dressed up as Lemmy. Yep. And they played uh, "Damage Case," which is my one of my favorite yeah. Motorhead songs. And uh, but with, with, with his funeral, his his son spoke, and he and his son had a very weird relationship. Um, and he told stories about this weird relationship, where, you know, maybe the son had a girlfriend, and the girlfriend liked Lemmy, and oh, yeah. So that happened, and he would tell him things about his mom that you probably shouldn't tell your kid. Shouldn't tell your kid, but <laughs> that's a relationship they had. So his son spoke quite a bit and told these stories at the funeral. It was it was hilarious. Yeah, and the funeral went on for like two or three hours. I actually uh, I got broken up with because I stayed and watched this funeral instead of going and spending time with the, the girl I was dating. Oh, shit. And she said that I didn't have my priorities straight. And I said, well, yeah, I did. I wanted to watch this. I had, I, I knew my fucking priorities yeah. were straight. Yours weren't because you knew it meant a lot to me. And you fucked with me the whole time. You know, she and I are very good friends now. And it's all water in the bridge. But at the time, there was a lot of other situations. This was a straw that broke the camel's back. But with the people that spoke at his funeral, you had... Every musician, I think Slash and Duff from Guns N' Roses spoke. Dave Grohl spoke. Uh, all these musicians, his, his one of his bandmates from Motorhead, the other one couldn't get the country, but one of his bandmates, uh, Mickey D, I believe, spoke. Um, all these, all these people, and then Triple H got up and spoke. Triple H and Lemmy were very, very good friends. Triple H is a wrestler, if those of you that don't know, uh, and and Lemmy did all their music and stuff. I, he said, you know, it was just amazing being his friend. And he was not a wrestling fan until they yeah. met up. And then he was a huge wrestling fan. What was it? There was a, they were talking about, I think it was the same at the funeral. He said they knocked on Lemmy's door. Yes. And they walked in and Lemmy seen he had Steph with him. Yeah. And like, oh, hold on a second. Shut the door. Yeah. Clean all the drugs up. He said there was drugs and naked women and, and, <laughs> and naked Lemmy. Everywhere. So he got dressed. He got dressed, got the women dressed, <laughs> and set the set the room up to be presentable presentable for Triple H's wife. Yeah. And then he's like, "Come in," and he's like, "Hello, <laughs> friends." And they're, but they they were uh, he, Lemmy was very good friends with a band that I really dig, Nashville Pussy. Yeah. And some of their stories were amazing, but Triple H did the very last interview Lemmy ever did. And it was on the WWE Network. It's an amazing interview. They talk about everything. They talk about music. They talk about his involvement in the wrestling business. They talk about all that. Uh, Triple H asked the hard questions. Corey Graves was with him, too, yeah. doing it. But they asked the hard questions. They asked, if you remember, if you've ever seen Lemmy perform, you know, on video or live or whatever, he would play his bass and all that, but his microphone was above his head. And he would like crane his head back and sing up into the microphone. And everybody said, well, that's how he gets that sound. That's how he gets this. And they said, why did you, why would you have your microphone up so high you know, always? And he goes, it was out of the way and it was comfortable for me to sing that way. He goes, it was just comfort. He goes, if I had it straight, I had to look straight and it would hurt my neck. So that way I could constantly stretch my neck. Oh, no shit. Yeah, he said it was just purely and comfort. And he was tall too. So he was I mean, very tall, was like dude. I think it was like six and a half feet high. Yeah, you know, and, and he would always like kind of almost 
lean up into it, you know, like on his tiptoes almost. Yeah. But he said it was just comfortable. That's what was, it was out of the way. He didn't bump it. If he moved around with his bass, he wasn't hitting the microphone because it was up out of the way. So he's like, it's, there's no magic to it. It's, that's what it is. So, yeah, Lemmy was, it was a tough one. I mean, you knew he wasn't going to live forever. He knew he wasn't going to live forever. But damn, it was like, you know, right after he turned 70, he, he goes. Yeah. It's like, fuck, man, that was a rough one. It's been, dude, it's been a, it's been a bad few years for, yeah, and for musicians. And, and that was, at least for the ones, the ones that we would follow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, Prince died, you know, that was a tough one. Michael Prince, Jackson died. Yep. That was another tough one. That was. I mean, get, I mean, like, David Bowie died, you know, I wasn't broken up about it, but. I, 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 I enjoyed David Bowie. Bowie. The weird thing about Bowie, the last single that he released in the last video, almost like what The Ultimate Warrior did, where he came out, he did that last promo, and it was his eulogy. Bowie's last song, and the last video especially, was a eulogy. Oh, no shit. Oh, yeah. And if you listen back, it's almost haunting, because he knew. Yeah. And he put that out, and I believe he put that out and died. It was like, here's my last album. He knew he had cancer. Yeah. It's like, here's my last album. Here's my last song. Here's my last video. See you later. You know, and he checked out. It was like, whoa. At least it wasn't back in the USSR. Right? That was some Beatles. I know, but him and Mick Jagger redid it. Oh, that's right. And it was terrible. They did Dancing in the Streets. Dancing too. in the Streets, yeah. 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 Coming out. I like the, 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 the one that they, somebody redid and they got rid of all the music. You can hear the crickets in the background and yeah. jumping up and down. And he's like... There's Mick Jagger like spinning around a pole. He's like, because <laughs> <laughs> he's supposed to be whistling. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, look, whenever, whenever an entertainer passes, you're left with this body of work that is like, let's look at what they did or let's listen to what they did. Yeah, and it's like, shit, this is all we got left, you know, and it kind of it kind of hurts, but some people ingrain themselves in your life. They influence you or whatever. I feel like Lemmy is that to me. You know, I know you have, you know, people that, that are like that to you. Mm -hmm. And they're getting up there too, so. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I'm a, you know, a big Schwarzenegger and Stallone fan. Those mm -hmm. guys are in their 70s. Yeah. And you realize. And Stallone just, actually, Schwarzenegger just had a birthday, I think yesterday or the day before. And he's still fighting, but. Yeah. He's, he's, he's got some years left. Oh, yeah. He's got, yeah. Some of them, I mean, you can tell. It's like, yeah, they're not ready to go yet. And some of them just, out of the blue, those dropped yeah. dead. And it's like, holy shit. This is the case right here. This last gentleman we're going to speak about. Huge. Influence, maybe. But we were both huge fans. Yeah. And that's uh, Dave Brocky From Guar. And uh, you guys might not know who the fuck Dave Brocky is. That's Odorous Arungus. He was, he was Guar. He was Guard. He's, I mean... Canadian. Canadian man. Did you know that? I didn't know he was Canadian. I thought yeah. they were all from Virginia. Uh, well, he's Canadian. And he uh, he had several bands other than Guar. He had Death Piggy first. Yeah. Then Guar. Then X-Cops. Which was a side project. Which was a side project. It was the guys from Guar dressed up like cops. Yeah. It, it's stupid, but Guar could pull it off. Because um, nobody knew who they were. Yeah, nobody had any clue. And then the Dave Brocky experience. And uh, he actually, he starred on uh, Holliston, the TV show. He's this, it, it, D. Snyder's on it too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was 
one of the characters' imaginary friend. Wasn't he? He was dressed up as, as Odorous. As Odorous, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Odorous was the, the imaginary friend. But fucking Guar. We didn't know each other when, when we were listening to Guar at first. You know, it was, because I was in high school. Yeah, and I was junior high or whatever. Yeah. Like 91 when, when Scum Dogs came out. Scum Dogs came out. And that shit, I was like, holy fuck, what is this? My brother had the tape. I took it and went with it. Yeah. we had. I had the tape. Because we had that. We had Scum Dogs came out. Yep. Um, and my buddy, and my buddy Art Lear, he was another huge Gore fan. I mean, he had all the videos. That's the, the He had, like, the American Must Be Destroyed Out video. The, the Live from Antarctica was yep. the first video that I saw of them. And I was just, I was amazed. It started out as an art project in, in school. That's all, that's all, that's what they started out as, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was. They a, were, they were uh, art majors. They were all failed. art majors. <laughs> they, they were doing uh, comic books. Yeah. They, you know, it was, it was that kind of shit. And all of a sudden, this stupid idea that they had to do a theatrical musical project became something. Yeah. And they're like, oh, okay. 35 years later. Yeah. It it's, like, you know, and it's still going. I mean, yeah, yeah it's still going. Two, two members that have passed. Yep. Um, Pustulus. Yeah. It was a Pustulus? I think so. Flatius. Flatius. Flatius passed. passed. Flatius Maximus. That's Corey, uh, Corey Smoot. I think so. Something like that. And then, uh, and then, Brocky. O- yeah, Brocky, Odorous. But they're still going. They, they I mean, there's still a couple original members still. Well, they've got several original members because, um, or, or it's hard to say original because they swap members quite often. Yeah. But they have several people that have been involved in the band since the beginning. Whether they were behind the scenes, whether they were a member of the band in a costume, yeah. or part of the stage crew in a costume, they've been involved with the band since the beginning. And they just carried it on because that's what, that's what Brocky wanted. Now... I mean, because they said, said Guar is not one person. Guar is an entity. Yeah, Guar could live forever. Yeah. You can just keep plugging people in. And that's what they're doing now. They're just creating new... New characters. So if you're not familiar with Guar... I think the new guitar player is even from um, Campbell Corpse. Oh, really? Yeah, the guy oh, with all the skull... He's uh, not the red-faced... Yeah, that's, that's Pustulus. The guy, the guy with the red face passed away. Yeah, the guy with the red face passed away. Pustulus is, is the one, he had a blue face. Yeah. Yeah. And he had like a dinosaur bone yes. on him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's from Campbell Corpse. Okay. He's a guitar player from them. Well, if people don't know who Guar is, and you heard some Guar during the commercial break, and maybe got a little insight as to the little inside joke that we have about the Russians putting a tank on the moon. What? The Russians put a tank on the moon. <laughs> So <laughs> that never gets old. It, no, it does. I'm it sure to them that does. But now they know. Now they're in on the joke. Um. So, Guar. The backstory of Guar is Odorus Urungus himself, the leader of Guar. It was 50 billion years old, and he helped. He helped create humankind. He did by having sex with animals or with a, with, with, apes. A, with a with an ape. Yeah. Um, we created humans, so technically we're all war. And he all he, he also killed the dinosaurs. He did. So they came from a planet called Scumdogia in Syntho Womb 5. That's the universe. And 
the only thing that that Odorous had was his cuttlefish, which was his dick, his huge penis. But it's a fish. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with giant eyeballs. Yes, and he says his father was a supercomputer and his mother was a petri dish. Now, Guar crash landed on Earth billions of years ago in Ar- Antarctica. In Antarctica, and they—that's why nobody goes down there, right? Because that's where Guar was. Well, somebody found him, and they thought him out. And these space barbarians decided to take over the planet and kill all humankind. And the way that they're going to control humankind is they invented crack. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They did, didn't they? Yes, they invented crack, and. They uh, decided to, you know, infect humankind, and that we have Guar. Now, a Guar show. How would you describe the experience of going to a Guar show? <laughs> oh fuck! That's a great explanation. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much. Lots of um, blood. They spray. They spray you with with blood. They spray you with green shit. They spray you with green semen. They, they spray you with everything. everything. Every color of the rainbow, you will come out of there. And it's all dyed water that's pumped through tubes in their costumes that they will decapitate a character on stage. And then he'll flail around and spray the audience with blood. Your skin will be dyed red. For days. For days. You And it's best to wear a, a plain white t-shirt to a guar show because it becomes a souvenir. Yes, it does. Um... I had some some guar shirts for a while, and and it uh, it was kind of cool, you know, that just having a, a stained shirt and looking at it, and going, oh yeah. But we actually got to meet Rocky. And we talked to him for a while. We talked to him for quite a while, and that was just a few months before he passed. Yeah. And and then he insulted that one kid who thought, well, yeah, we. So we were, you know, being the typical. We went back by the stage door and waited by the bus. And one of the roadies said, actually, he's inside. They're, you know, they're all inside. Go back inside and look for this tour manager, and he'll hook you up. Well, we found the tour manager, but before we got to talk to him, we found Dave Rocky. Yeah. And we had this kid that was tagging along with us. No. I don't, I don't understand. I don't get why, because he was, when we talked to, uh, I guess, what was it? It was even before the show started, he was on our nuts. Yeah, he was. he glommed onto us from the beginning. And was following us around. And then when we were trying to meet the band, he followed us back there because he wanted to get an autograph. And we're like, okay, cool, you know, whatever. We just wanted to meet the band. So he was trying to tell us that one of the opening bands, uh, War Beast, yeah. was Guar without their makeup on. And we were trying to explain to him, no, a couple of the members of War Beast used to be in Guar. And he... Would argue with us. We argued and argued. And yeah, we're like, he what? would listen. Whatever. Fuck off. And we went inside. We found Rocky. He was not in makeup. He was not in costume. None of the guys were. And we just approached him, and he was watching everybody leave all soaked in blood. Yeah. And he's just and smiling. Smiling. Just, I mean, great big smile. Like he, he was drinking a Heineken and just Yeah, smiling. just loving it, you know, because... He loved his fans. He, yeah. The, Gore, Gore does. They love their fans. No matter what name they call you from the stage or... You know, they say that you're human filth, or they say that you deserve to perish, and or that you should set your face on fire and put it out with an axe. 
Um, or they stuff you in a meat grinder. Yeah, they, they stuff you in a meat grinder or feed you to the, the world maggot. Um, and these are all things that actually happened during the show. Of course they still did that shit. They still had the world maggot last time I saw him. But uh, they, they love their fans. So he was basically standing out there watching the results of a show well done. Yes. You know, completely soaked people going out into a cold evening to freeze oh, their ass Oh, I think it was February. Off. It was. And we were walking around the building outside and like, fuck, it's cold. Soaking ass wet. It doesn't matter if it's the middle of August. When you leave a Guar show, you're freezing. Yes. Because you're completely soaked. And everybody's steaming. Yeah, everybody walks out. There's steam rising off them. It's, and everybody, it's almost like you just experienced trauma together. Wasn't that the show we got my truck and was stuck in the garage? No, that was something different. Oh. Yeah. That was something way different. This, I, I don't remember. I don't think anything eventful happened after that show, except for meeting Brock. Yeah. But we went up, we started bullshit with him. That was a dancing show, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Because we got pulled over, the got cop pulled over. took off. Yeah. He's like, slow down. Slow Keep down, there. and he took off. I didn't have any insurance. My tags were expired. And we had giant knives with us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought we were going to jail for sure. But, no, just meeting Brocky was, was a great experience. I'm glad we got the chance. Um, and he, that kid finally wandered back up to us. Oh, yeah. And, uh... He had a copy of a, 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 a this CD. This Toilet Earth. Yeah, a CD they called This Toilet Earth. One of their worst CDs. It was terrible. And Dave Brock even said, this is the worst CD we ever put out. And the kid said, it changed my life. And he even brought it in a little Ziploc plastic baggie so it didn't get ruined. And he gave him a gold high, a gold Sharpie. Yes. And he's like, just write on the CD itself. He, yeah, he goes, here. He goes, just, will you sign it? And so he signed the CD cover, you know. And he goes, will you sign the CD? And, and Brocky goes, he goes, the CD changed my life. He goes, changed your life? It's the worst CD we ever put out. It's shit. And he goes, no, it changed my life. So he turned it over to the shiny side of the CD. And signed that. And signed that so it would never play again. <laughs> and then he said, beat it. And then, no, they remember he said, this is the worst CD we ever put out. He goes, these guys are true fans. Ask them what our best CD is. And we're scum both dogs. like scum dogs. Scum. And he goes, damn right. And he goes, basically he told the kid to fuck off and get out of there. Yeah. Then he talked to us some more. We, we talked to him for like another hour. Yeah, and he gave us his email address. Yeah. And said, get a hold of me, we'll talk and all that. And then he passed away before we got the chance. It was like, man, that sucks. But yeah, Dave Brocky was, was amazing. That was, that was a great, that was a great experience. Yeah, that was, that was a sad day when he died. Yeah, that was a rough one. And now they, they paid tribute to him. They have a song called Odorous is fucking dead or something like that. Oh, no shit. Yeah, they pay tribute to him in, I gotta in listen to the that song. Yeah. I mean, because they came out with a couple albums after he died. and They're okay. And they, I was just like, ah. Because they, they almost they almost went to that, almost, and I hate saying this, but they had that lordy sound. Yeah. And I'm just like, fuck. What was it? There was like one called I'm Your, like I'm Your Monster or something. Yep. That, that song sucks. Yep. The And part of it was... And we saw this at the stage show when we've seen him since. Dave Brocky had such a stage presence and such a sense of humor that you can't replicate it, you can't duplicate no. it. And that was the he would vibe do, of the band. When he would sing, you know, it's like it didn't matter what the song was, he'd sit there and he'd like move his fingers along the fucking mic stand. He'd be like, What do you say the words? Yeah. Yeah, he he'd be because the song would be going so fast that he'd He'd lose it. 
Yeah, and he's and like, he's like blah, 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 blah. And, then, and then, like, if he really lost, if he lost that part of it, he'd just waggle his tongue at the audience. Yeah. And, or he'd, he'd say, all right, stop, we're done with that song. <laughs> and I'm not willing to spend any more time with that song. But, yeah, so, I mean, what else do you say? I mean, we we were fortunate enough to at least have a lot of these musicians you know, we got to experience them live, mm-hmm. or we got to, you know, listen to a great library of music. And in some cases, we actually got to meet them. Yeah. And, I mean, how would you wrap this this up? I mean, we tried to celebrate it. Of course, it's sad. Brocky OD'd on heroin. You know, that's that's a sad fucking ending. Yeah. But, but we're not going to end on a sad ending. I mean, yeah. with these, these guys, all these bands, I mean, they had... Each one of them had an impact, one way or another, right? On our youth, on today, on who we are. Yeah, on who we are. Yeah. I mean, if you know, if it wasn't for bands like these, we'd probably be very boring fucking people. I can imagine. Yeah, I, I, and I think might I, actually I, be I, normal. I think I told uh, Bill Manspeaker that as like, dude, if it was, you are the part of the reason why I am who I am today. Yeah, but Bill Manspeaker's Green Green Jello, the Little Pig song. Yeah, what you remember. And he's another one of those guys who's just a fucking amazing dude. Such super, a nice guy. Super awesome. You can check out, uh, he does a, a live li- li- live show every, every, like every Saturday, yeah. I think. Uh, on Facebook Live. It's on it's on uh, the Green Jello Facebook and on Bill Manspeaker, William Manspeaker's Facebook. And that, that show is amazing. Lots of comedy. He just had Andy Dick on there. Um Lots of comedy, lots of music, and it's stuff that you may have never heard. Yeah, and I can't. He's like good friends with Andy Dick, and I don't think anybody likes Andy Dick. No, so no. which is even funnier. Yeah, he's he's friends with Andy Dick. He's friends with uh, Maynard from from Tool. He's like best friends with Maynard. Yeah, they're best friends with Maynard. Maynard's an original. He's yeah. an original Green Jello member. He is the voice on the Three Little Pigs song that says, "Not by the hair of my chinny chin chin." That's Maynard. But yeah, all these bands. I mean. And we could go on and on about our idols or yeah. our influences that have passed away. And that's but just the music. There's just a handful of people that we wanted to mention, and you know we wanted to, to recognize because of the you know all the loss in the last you know week or two, and last month you know we just wanted to mention a handful that really influenced us. Mm-hmm. So, what, how would you wrap this up? I mean, I, thank you for the memories. Thank I, you for the memories. Go listen to your metal. Yeah, go go listen to. To your favorite bands, you know, if you had an influence, a musical influence, or, or, or somebody that that helped you out of a tough situation, or that you know, listening to their music shaped you in some way, and they're no longer with us, listen to their music and celebrate their memory. Yeah, celebrate. Yeah, just celebrate it. Be happy. Be happy that you experienced it. Don't be sad it's over. Be happy that you were there to experience it. And also, don't take for granted the people that are still here, exactly. Because they might not be here tomorrow, and that's in life, you know. Be good to one another. That's how we get in that. There we go. Be good to one another. Be good to one another. Take care of yourself. Hug your friends. And each other. Hug your friends. That's nice. Hug your friends. All right. Well, we're going to sign off. Hug, so hug somebody. With, hug, hug, hug a woman with big boobs. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I was just going to say, we're going to log off so I can get my hug from you, but you don't have big <laughs> boobs, so I can't. Hey, those are the best hugs. I know they are. <laughs> So, for the Retro Renegades Pop Culture Power, I am Mikey. I'm Corey. And we will see you next time. Say goodbye, Corey. Goodbye, Corey. Big boobs. What the fuck were you thinking? I'm not willing to spend any more time on this podcast.
Thank you for tuning in to the Retro Renegade Pop Culture Power Hour. If you want to talk to the show, drop us an email. RetroPowerHour at gmail.com We'll see you next week.